Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of the Badass Records Podcast. What is the Badass Records Podcast? You may have never asked yourself. It's a podcast about conversations uh, with people about their story and their favorite music. Why? Because people are awesome, or at least I'm still holding out faith that they are. Uh, music is a universal love, so we sit down and connect over it. When can you find it? Uh, episodes drop weekly, Thursday mornings. Um, where? Uh, on YouTube, on badassrecordspodcast.com, uh, or on your favorite streaming platform. Uh, how can you be a guest? You can email me, uh, badassrecordspodcast at gmail.com. It's badassrecordspodcast at gmail.com. Come sit down with me. Thanks for stopping by. So this will be episode 72, Fall Goes Well, um, which, you know, I, I like to geek out about numbers and, um, you know, uh, so did, did Eric Fisher wear 72? Our old left tackle from our first Super Bowl win. Is he 72? I think I he was. Know. I think I he was. Know. But, you know, like jersey numbers yeah. are like special. Yeah. Like episode 50 was yeah. a big deal. And 52, because now it's, I've done a year's worth. But anyway, um, 72 Badass Records Podcast, hanging out with Matt Smith. Thank you for being here. How are you? I'm really good, man. Good. It's good, good to see you. It's good to see it's you, too. It's been a long time. I know, I know. Two years at least. Since uh, well, so. I mean, uh, a, a Gedman gathering at, I believe, his previous residence Yeah. was the last time yeah. we saw each other. Um, and honestly, like, uh, over the whole continuum, like, we saw each other a shitload for a pocket and then, like, hardly at all since yeah i mean just because of the way life worked out and so on and so forth but um so we go back to east did you so you grew up in boston and then were you here for eighth grade or no no okay. i moved in the middle of sophomore year. middle of sophomore yeah, okay or, okay yeah like a third in so right. i i came it was crazy like it was like under the cover of night we came out here well, and you know, started and I was behind, you know, I was like, you guys were already into sophomore year. Well, but it was like, um, so I don't even know somebody in our group, you know, it's like whatever, just regular old days plans. Like we're going to, you know, somebody's having people over this weekend and, uh, Smith's going to, Matt Smith's going to roll with us. And it's like, I'm sorry, who? <laughs> and then it's like this guy. And I turn and you're just like, part of the posse and i was like and i was like you're behind i'm behind what what where'd you come you know what i mean yeah yeah so uh are your folk were you born in boston i was born in kansas city so okay i was born here go back to mom and dad meeting how did that go down and where was it so my dad grew up in boston okay and oldest of nine, Irish Catholic, Shit. like the big, like Goodwill hunting, like, you know, family, Irish give Catholic. A, give country. us a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what that side of the family was. My mom um, was, you know, from Kansas City. They had met, 
she she had made it to Boston somehow, and they were he was working at like the Port Authority. Okay. And they somehow met. Interesting. And then they went back to Kansas. Okay. Together, got married, and he went to grad school at KU. Oh, your um, mom's folks lived close to where you lived. Yeah. Okay. No, right. So right. If you remember, my mom grew up in that house where we probably partied at a few times in high school on Cherokee Circle. Uh, if you remember, like it's like an eighty-third um, by by Carrie. Yeah, 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 right next door. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I only ever saw it from the outside, yeah. dropping off or picking up or something like that. But yeah, but that's it's a fascinating thing to me because I typically try to ask most folks that, and it's like you start to see, like, well, Kirkwood, for example, like two people meet in a spot that's not their yeah. place of origin and they decide they're going to plunge and spend their lives together. They're typically moving to wherever she's from. Yeah. Right. Cause it's like my, if you love me, we're going to where my family's okay. You know what yes. I'm saying? So we did. Yeah. So my, they did KU grad school Okay. when I was, so I was born in Kansas city. My dad goes to grad school. So I'm one and two living in Lawrence. He then goes to Duke. Oh, wow. And so, you're not supposed on to his... go from one arch rival's yeah. institution to the other. Yeah, starts working, I believe, on his master's at Duke. Okay. And so we're there for two years in Durham when I'm three and four years old. And then he gets his first, you know, he's in, uh, he goes into publishing. Okay. And gets his first sales job. And we're in Jackson, Michigan, which is uh, notable for being. Uh, the home of a big prison. Okay. So, <laughs> Welcome to Jackson. Yeah. Um, and we're, and Lock we're, your doors. And we're there for one year. Okay. And, and you know, it's like I'm five years old. My memories are so yeah. scattershot yeah. of what that was. I'm I'm really tripped out these days by, because, uh, you know, I arrived to whatever age, at, what, 45, and like, these are my memories. Yeah. And that you can find them in the file folder and, and they're all tabulated and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, wait, how many memories did I like ta- assume or take on just by like looking through photo albums and hearing stories? 100%. And then I came across a thing that says like, um, whenever you remember something, that then is the memory of the thing. Mm-hmm. And then it, when you remember it again, that one falls away. It's like... I don't fucking know anything, man. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because it's like, I'll think back on that and it's like, what, for every like memory you have, there's like a thousand that have disappeared, you know? And so yeah. it's like, w- I think sometimes what are the things like about that, like house and my life at that point that were sort of like indelible, you know? And it's like, oh, like, why am I remembering? Like, there's a wall with this like wallpaper and like, pa- like paint that was like kind of like tearing and smearing and like for whatever reason like that always sticks in my head like i would peel the like paint so weird what we remember and like that for whatever reason is a like real strong memory of that house you know it's like okay can't tell you the address but let me tell you this one corner of this one room yeah where we'd peel the paint or i'd peel the paint um but then we went to to Boston first in a town called Natick, and then we moved to Andover. So I moved. If you're getting, I moved a lot. Yeah, as a kid, yeah. You know, but basically, like my elementary school, middle school years were all Boston, and okay. then I did my first year of high school, and then my parents divorced, 
and my mom wanted to be her mom and her sister were here in Kansas City. Right. And so we uh Did he stay? He did. Damn. He did. It's it fucking was fucking crazy. It was And and uh wild. your oldest of 3, uh, Be- Lucas and Betsy, is that Correct. the order? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um man, that's, you know, um always weird to me when, you know, I I mean both my folks remarried very quickly yeah and my mom and the you know this is whatever 82 it's like kramer versus kramer style where you get get wednesday evening and every other sat and my mom uh, he he got transferred immediately to atlanta just a work thing and my my dad uh, was like please don't and she's like you know uh but uh, that's you know when when you hear stories of of people that like decided to make life together and have kids and then whatever happens shit all you know shit happens yeah uh and then the one is just yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be over here it's like well a whole bunch of things that happened as you might assume yeah would have yeah and things were discovered and (laughs) sort of things came to light yeah and, and my mom very quickly wanted to be somewhere else yeah and so away from you him. know it, it's funny we had a conversation not long ago where where she said uh well you know i i asked you before we went to make sure that you were okay with it and i was like oh, that's all well and good but i i, I was a kid <laughs> you know so that's, i was like i don't know if you want to put that on me that you know that's um that's that's a, a very very clear and will never fade memory for me uh so we like lived in a place while they were looking for a spot to buy and build on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then when that house was ready, we moved in and it was like, um, you know, obviously new construction and you, they spent a lot, uh, on, on furnishing it. Um, for wow. example, this couch was in the living room. You walk in the front door and it's like this living room and then this dining room. And we are not allowed to go in those rooms ever. And, you know, for a year, it was kind of like, whatever, you don't, didn't really question. We would eat in the kitchen and hang out in the family room. And then like, we can't, one day we came home there having a people over like a, a brunch or something. There's a bunch of people. And like all these people are in the living room, like on the chair and on the sofa and there's a spread in the dining room. Like doing what? Well, they're having, I mean, they, my mom and her, my, and my stepdad were having, they were hosting a party. Oh, okay. But you know, so there's just like all these people over okay. and I'm like, you guys are all in so much fucking trouble. You're not supposed to be. And, and they're like, no, that's for you, dumb shit. Yeah. Like, I don't think I ever met your stepdad. No, you wouldn't have, because their marriage only lasted three years. Uh, yeah. And and when things came to light and things were discovered, she sat us down in the dining room. Yeah. Um, I was like, what are we doing in here? You know, it was yeah. weird. Yeah, like, uh, we're not supposed to be in this room. Yeah, yeah. mom, yeah. it's your rule. Like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> um, but she, I don't know why she took us in the dining room, but she said, you know, uh, we're, you know, we're not going to stay together. Um, so do you guys want to stay here with your friends or you want to go back to Kansas City where dad is? And yeah. we were both like, we're da- KC, dad. Yeah. Um, and so I'm curious, like, um, you know, did she really? Did you? She you, did. No, and I okay. remember. Oh, okay. And I re- okay. no, I remember. It was more of like, oh, like it's a big decision for a fifteen-year-old and eleven-year-old because it was me and my brother. I remember the conversation. It was really tough and painful. Yeah. Um, ah. and, and 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 I remember like quickly like she was like you know and i knew kansas because we'd come out here and see my grandmother and i like knew like i knew carrie michaelson sure I knew yeah. a couple people yeah. and i was like and like 
I remember like like being on the spot like so you know I think we should do this what do you think and like quickly like doing the math and you know I, at the time you know like I was 15 you know my dad and I probably weren't getting along really well oh for real yeah okay. and I was also like oh like I it's, quick things it's funny because I was telling my wife this not that long ago and like quick things like oh like if I get moved my mom might be more inclined to help me get a car that I remember went in my wow. brain real quick 15 and then, year old and then yeah. I'll tell you the big one I was like I won't have to go to church anymore if I move <laughs> Was dad, was dad the one pushing the church? Yeah, we were just yeah, the, the the yeah the Irish Catholic had been always very oh right 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 that so that know? and I remember it's a thing like yeah like I don't want to go to church anymore <laughs> and and like truly from that day dude like I like rejected it they like flat out like and like kind of never looked back Catholicism or yeah. church in general or whatever yeah. okay okay um huh. and like there's there's. I'm really glad I have the basis in it now in retrospect. Like I'm glad that I did have to go to, you know, cause we were a every Sunday CCD, Same. you know, there was a moment where, you know, my dad wanted me to be an altar boy, which I was not down with. Right. Um, like really not down with and luckily didn't have to do. Um, and then, so we, we ended up like moving and literally from like the time of like, we should do this to doing it was less than two weeks. Damn. It was really fast and okay. crazy and chaotic. So were you not getting along with dad just because you were more important uh, social calendar and things, or was there friction? Or I think it was, I think partially it was being 15 yeah. and partially like having differences and thing. And in retrospect, like, he had other things he was dealing yeah, with. Yeah. You know, okay. he, he wasn't, I don't think, he and my mom, neither of them were happy yeah. in their marriage. And I, I think remember that, you called me uh, on Matt Gronke's landline uh, when my dad died. And we talked, it was very touching because, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know, maybe just dude wise, like a, a lot of dudes aren't going to pick up that phone or may- maybe a cell phone. I don't remember. But anyway, uh, you told me when we were on the phone that, uh, I learned that your dad played hockey every week yeah. and had just had a heart attack, Yeah, but was okay. Yeah. And, is and he... he's still, and, and what's amazing about the whole thing is like, my dad and I are super close now. Okay. That's where I And, and yeah. that, that's like the full circle of it is nice. like, it actually was probably the best, the for best everyone. thing in the relationship. And it took a lot of growing pains, but now my dad lives it out in Los Angeles now. And, oh, for real? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. And, like he had, you know, he remarried and right. had, you know, um, more kids. And so that of course is always, you know, you said 15 when your mom sat you down, you were 15 and Lucas was 11, but you didn't mention your sister. My sister wasn't part of the conversation cause she was seven. Okay. And so okay. It was, she, she was. So how did things go for them and how are, is their relationship with him now? Um, I like good for the most part, you know, I think everybody brings their own, sure. Has their own issues. Are they close their, yeah, with but, him? Yeah. But, okay. I, uh, but I can only really measure myself, yeah, yeah. you know, about the intricacies of that. Sure. But, you know, it's good that like, I feel we, um, we've continued to connect you and your dad. Yeah. Good. And he's out there and that's nice. You're, he knows and, your boys and yeah, your wife. Yeah. No, great. I know. I talk to him, you know, like at least once a week. Nice. And, you know, and he's not that far away. So that and there's a whole bunch of things that we connected on and, you know, music, you know, being one of them. I'm oh, sure, right on. I'm sure that will come up. Nice. You know? um, um, 
yeah so here we are in uh yeah. whatever that would be 1990 or yeah. 91 yeah somewhere in there and then uh you know a uh, few went to lawrence and um uh, were uh, i mean and were and have been i think a, a busy guy since like you were uh in the house yeah and i think got decent grades and yeah. saw some shows and met some I, folks I, and partied I, and i had a great time i mean ku to me was such a wonderful experience like yeah i did i did pretty good in school i i i found it i found college to be easier than high school and nice. middle school like okay. i just found like once i kind of got into the groove of it i kind of understood how to do it yeah um i i loved the experience of it i had a lot of friends had a ton of fun yeah um I, it's a great uh, fucking town, man. It's a great town. Great school. Yeah, just, you know, always something to do. Always somebody to go do it with. Yep. Always somebody willing to, you know, be in 21 or 20 and staying up all night yeah. and, you know, exploring whatever you're doing. <laughs> it was great times. Mm. and uh, It's the birthplace of our uh, Threads name. Yeah. I mean, I don't know too many. Really, the only Havoc story I know about is... Glick allegedly uh, uh, pushing a dumpster down the hill. Yeah, and... Jennings and Van Auken had a lot of that. Okay. Uh, habit. Uh, you know, I remember that was... it being a thing people yeah, would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. People would scream it and get it going. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was definitely happening at yeah. the time. But, uh, you know, I majored in film. Okay. And, you know, the film program at, at KU, especially then, kind of, you know, there was a lot to be desired okay it was much more of a sort of history and they're like uh more of a journalism and teachers yeah university sort so, of so i entered yeah i entered as a as a journalism major okay and, and and quickly decided i didn't want to do that um you know from I, I joke but you know from the time i was real young i was really excited and interested in movies okay and um i used to tell people that I wanted to be an executive producer when I grow up, because uh, I would see Boy, it's crazy. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I would see uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas frequently credited. Those were like yeah. my heroes, yeah. you know. And that was a, a, a credit they would take. So I was just like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. And um, to both their credits, both both my parents really encouraged me to engage in pop culture film tv music like they were both at college age from me no like just all growing up like it was never like they wanted me to do a whole variety of things but it was never like look down on and when i would talk about that this is something i'd want to do for better or worse they were always very encouraging nice cool like go figure that out right um and so Kansas, you know, I did the film program, but it was it was limited. Yeah. I was having such a good time. I wanted to stay. So I did five years because I added a second major. Oh, really? At the end of my fourth year because okay. I didn't want to leave. <laughs> um, and so I ended up double majoring in film and English with an emphasis on creative writing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Nice. So that kind of, to me, like seemed like the kind of uh, BA package, <laughs> you know, for, for, for... With option C for, over here. For movies. Okay, yeah. Um, But it was sort of like, okay, what do you do with that coming out of, you know, KU? And 
um, I remember going to see my guidance counselor and he was like, okay, you're graduating. Oh, here's all your stuff. Great. Well, you should, uh, you know, go into Kansas city and, uh, try to get an internship at the local news. And I was like, well, that has nothing to do with what I want to do. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's the guidance, Mr. Yeah, counselor. Yeah, Fuck. That, that was, that was like, well, and then it was like, oh, well then I'm out of ideas. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Next. That's what I can offer you here. Wow. Um, so I, I got in my car and drove to LA. For real? Yeah. How long after so you, you ended up graduating with that double yeah. major? Yeah. So and how long after are you are you uh, out? I graduate in May '98 and I leave right after Fourth of July '98. Get the fuck out of here! Seven weeks. Wow. Yeah. What'd you take? Uh, I I packed my car up with just like a Shit couple of and clothes and, and some stuff. Wow. And um, that's fucking the story that I hear yeah. almost weekly on podcasts like mostly you know i listen to a couple or three stand-up whatever Mm -hmm. comics talking what and and that's wherever they grew up that's what they did they fucking loaded their car and went to la to try to make it and so so something there's a piece of this that's interesting on how that comes together that's helpful so the i know nobody in los angeles Except for my brother's godmother, who is my mom's old friend, sure, who is a elementary school teacher in Pasadena. Okay, so sort of in the vicinity of Los Angeles, physically has nothing to do with any movie, TV, right. anything. Um, but I got out there, and my dad, because through his publishing, they were under. Um, it was all under Viacom and basically was able to make some call to somebody who was like, Oh, well like at Paramount, we can get you into like a, basically there's like a page program of like where of some, there was basically like you, uh, you seated like studio audiences and you could, you know, tour this the lot feels vaguely familiar. So, so I lied and told them I was done with school to get into this. Um, cause it was the, it was before, it was before the summer before I was graduating. Okay. Okay. You know, so I was I just like, got to take care of some shit for nine months back home. Yeah, we'll be right back. Yeah, that, that, so I, I lied to everybody. Like I told oh, every, like nobody knew. Cause I had to like keep that Did quiet. Bite you in the butt. No, I just had to kind of embarrass them. Like quit and basically said, you know, talk to my parents. They're like, you can't go this far in school and not finish. You have to come back and finish. So sorry, everybody I'm leaving. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so that even though I was sorry, I had a little bit of a job. I had I was staying in Pasadena in my like godmother's my brother's godmother's guest room. So I like was getting at least a sense of like what sure. is lost. So it wasn't like completely blind. Right. Um and so and here's the other thing. So days before I'm supposed to come home to go back to school. I got in a terrible car accident. I don't know okay. if you remember this. No, but so you packed your car up and went to LA the summer before you graduated. No, so the summer, I did like a trial run the summer before I graduated. Okay, okay. This okay. was the trial run. All right. And, this, at the, like, and at the end of the trial run, this accident happens? Yeah. So I've already, you know, I've already decided, you know, I'm going back. I'm going to finish yeah. school, of course. But I, I kind of know enough of like, okay, this, I might give it the run when I'm done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it was like the preseason. Yeah. One preseason game. Yeah. So the, um, I'm in this accident 
and I'm like I'm freeway. Driving. What? Like freeway? Yeah, Fuck, man. freeway accident. Scary shit. So I'm driving on the 134. I'm actually leaving Paramount, going back to Pasadena, um, and five o'clock rush hour traffic. And this car comes like onto the highway and like loses control. And I'm in the far lane and it goes all the way across and hits my passenger side dead on. And I hit the median and my car flips Fuck. a bunch of times. Jesus. And my arm in one of the rolls went out the window. And so I kind of like land upside down. Um, Strapped it, buckled in. The the door, the passenger side door is completely to the edge of the seat, of the passenger seat. The every, every, glass is everywhere. I'm covered in blood and I like, don't know where, where I'm from. bleeding. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> and so uh, I, 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 you know, I unbuckled the belt. I dropped. <laughs> I kind of crawl and I remember it's hot, on the hot pavement. Oh God. And this guy... In the car, this guy is like this, like real athletic, shirtless guy comes around the house, like, "Holy shit, motherfucker, you're alive!" That's <laughs> the first thing he says. He just saw it. He wasn't. Yeah, he he just, wasn't from no, the car. He, he he was the guy behind me, being oh. like, just check, being the good Samaritan, you know. Wow. And um, so anyway, I, I the I have to go to the hospital. All this stuff. The long story short is I ended up getting insurance money for that accident. Oh, okay. That kind of helped a very, very confused first year in LA when I did not know what I was doing or how to make money or how to get my foot into the internet. When you're there when for I, real. When I came okay. for real the following year. So, yeah. So I, I then was able to go to LA, though, with a bit of a nest egg. Okay. Of, okay, I've got some money. I can, Did what was the what was happening with the other car, the person in the other car? Did was, you ever see them? We, I, well, I through the legal, I found out it was a girl who's sixteen year old girl whose dad bought her a new BMW that she didn't know how to drive, and she brought it out and wrecked it. <laughs> like, but you didn't, you didn't see her there that day. No, she. We were about fifty to a hundred yards apart by the time the accident ended. Okay. And kind of stayed in our yeah. zones. So people are dealing so with never, you and I your shit. I never actually are... met okay. her. Wow. That's, I mean, hell. I mean, that's great. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, you know. what? Uh, but yeah, I had like road rash all up my arm. Like you could you could see down to my bone and the Jesus. wrist. And uh, the blood was coming from the back of my ear split open. And so that's where all huh. the, the, I guess some glass got it. And it wow. was like... Open. Jeez. So, yeah. So, so you come back with your nest egg. Yeah. And then what? And then I, I, so. You did, fumbled for a minute and then landed on something? Or? So, no. So, like, for a year, I just did odd jobs, wrong jobs, answering ads in the paper. You know, I, I joke, I moved to LA without a cell phone or an email address. Like, <laughs> Like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know, uh, like how I got anything done still surprises me. And I was, I, you know, and I was answering ads like 
work in the movies and like one that I ended up doing for a while turned out to be like a boiler room thing where you were basically trying to like sell people shares of an investment in these like these children's religious videos like it was just like garbage okay you know but it was like I could get a little money you know and like just trying to figure it out yeah so um what what ended up happening was uh I was temp. I, I got a temp job that was in publicity, and that uh, at least like I knew the PR for firm was legit. It wasn't like necessarily the direction I wanted to go. Sure. Um, but there was a, a woman. Uh, I was doing some temp work for this woman named Catherine Olam, and um, she and then like one of the assistants. They were like, "Let's like figure you out." <laughs> <laughs> they like both took a liking to me. They're like, what do you want to do? Like, like, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, like I want to make movies. You guys know who Steven Spielberg is? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I want to make movies and, uh, you know, I like to write and, you know, um, and all that. And they're like, you should go to an agency. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I've seen agents on TV right. and I don't want to do that, right. you know, knowing nothing about anything. Um, and, and to their credit, they were like, no, you should. And so this young wo- the woman who was like sitting next to me, she was like my boyfriend who uh, is now her husband, who I still know. It's so funny. She's like, he just got promoted at his agency. He was an assistant. Now he's a coordinator. He can maybe help you get in. Why don't I tell him you're looking? And like what? out of such like good will, wow. she like told her boyfriend um, you know, shout out Josh and Jenny Hornstock. Nice. And uh, he got me an interview, and that's I started in the mailroom, and you know, quickly got on to you know an legit agent. the mailroom. Yeah, like, like putting shit in people's yeah, baskets. Yeah, like copying scripts and putting them on their desks. And hey, it's a start. Doing that. Yeah. And yeah, like legit, and uh, pretty quickly went to go work for one of the agents who was in motion picture lit okay and um ended up working for him for the better part of two years okay and so that and that was you know it was so great in, you know it's like in retrospect it's like i don't know if it works the same way as it did when i was coming up that was 25 sure. years ago right um but it was like to me it was almost like a movie grad school Okay. You know, cool. but you were getting paid. You you know, you weren't getting paid much, but you were getting paid enough sure. to live. Oh, nice. You were working long hours and you were just learning every who's this Fantastic. Person? Why why are we doing it this way? Who are, are we doing it this way? This is these are the scripts we're sending out. These are the movies that need writers. These are directors. These are who works for and you'd pay attention to like what your boss and the other agents were doing. That's fascinating. And just soak it in. Soak it in and study it. This is and, two years. Yeah. Okay. And then and after just, that? And then I got a job working as an assistant at a company called Revolution, which okay. was a, a movie studio that was only around for a few years. Ah. And um, it was great because, and A, they were making a ton of movies. Okay. They were a small staff, so I got to do everything nice it was it was great because it was like okay you need to you know answer all the phones you need to read these scripts you need to write notes you need to 
cut dailies of the new movie for, you know, Joe Roth, who was the president of the company. And then we need you to go down. Cut uh, dailies, meaning like, like here's, here's a clip. Yeah. Or of... Like, every, yeah. Like what we do is, uh, you know, you'd get from your movie that every day you'd get the dailies of what was shot. And part of what we would do is we'd watch through them and then we'd edit down. Like here's, Here's the, you don't need to watch all eight takes of this. Here's the best one, or here's two from this scene of the three So that they're always like on the same page. So that just, you kind of know, so that they can watch what was being filmed yesterday. But instead of having, so, you know, filming takes, you know, a full day, you're going to get two hours of footage. I'd watch it and I'd cut it down to 15 minutes. Okay. So know what highlights. And that's one of a bunch of different things you're doing. Yeah, and then there, and then it's also go down to set and make sure you know Ben Affleck has the thing, you know, <laughs> like and so you do that too, and it was great. And uh, I worked on a lot of. Have you seen the? Uh, there was a I don't know how old it is, but they were just on the gram or something here in the last month or so, where he's like outside, and somebody see, sees him yeah. and like, hey, can I take a picture? And then another person and another person. And, another, uh, and he's just trying to get through that. Yeah, that smoke. And get back inside. But he says yes to all of them. Uh, I don't think and they paw that. And he, he like does, you know. I've seen him like with the Dunkin' Donuts just all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. That's, yeah. that's really cool. And so that's, how long is that gig? That's also almost two years. Okay. Um, and so I do that. And then um, my boss leaves at the time then. And, and I have a hot minute where I'm trying to figure out what to do because I like I've been now I've been two years as assistant at the agency two years and, and at the time and and maybe this still is there's there was like kind of a kind of secular path of of positions you could move through up up sort of the corporate ladder but through different companies it was sort of the way to land in production yeah, or yeah, executive production yeah. okay and, and sort of uh there was like sort so the the next spot was the creative executive and that's like that's the most sort of junior executive okay. role that's got to be i mean was it all of this exciting i yeah, mean yeah yeah feel and the progress exciting sort of and, and, and scary yeah, and, I bet. And, and 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 that's sort of the that's sort of the big flunk out position to interesting you know a lot of people don't a lot of people are assistants for a number of years and then don't make the leap okay um and so i was able to do so i i ended up working for uh a company called weed road okay pictures which was uh the company of a of a guy named akiva goldsman okay who is um he's Oscar-winning writer-producer. He, he won his Oscar for writing A Beautiful Mind. Okay. Um, his deal was at Warner Brothers at the time, and it was just, like, lights out awesome when I got that job. Nice. And working for him was amazing. Cool. And um, I, like, was working on, like, there was access to the DC comic library, which I really liked, so I was trying to do stuff in that. Um like he had produced Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which came out when I was working there. Okay. He was writing Da Vinci Code. I was working like we were developing things that became like I Am Legend and Hancock. It was like big, big movie stuff. And it was just like I was like, oh, this is this is it. You know, and, and it's like the getting was good at that wow. moment. You know? That's awesome. And I was having a great run and I, I got quickly promoted twice within two years nice there. um and then i got 
hired by Michael Bay. Trans- um, Transformers? Yeah. Right, right. Okay. To, to, uh, that feels familiar a yeah, little bit. to go um, run development for his, um, for his uh, horror label, Platinum Dunes. Okay. And I went over there and like, it was a big, like on paper, big jump. It was uh, complicated <laughs> when, I, when I got there. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, it's funny because it, 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 it was complicated, but I have really good relationships with those guys. Cool. And all these years later, I'm actually producing something with them now. Nice. You know, <laughs> but uh, I was only there about 18 months. Okay. Um, and then... I I, I, I just kind of saw that there was that position wasn't going to be able to lead to where I wanted to go. You're still not there yet. Still haven't found what you're looking for. No, no. Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, And then I I met a guy named Sean Bailey who had a deal at Disney. Bailey is now uh, the president of uh, live action theatrical at Disney. Okay. Um, and it's had an amazing run and, um, but he hired me, um, he was starting a company called ideology. Okay. So we started that, um, and it was great. I loved working for him. He's a great guy. And, uh, a couple of the things that became really important to me and my career happened in that time period. Uh, one, I started working on Valley girl, Okay. which had, it turned out to be like a 12 year, <laughs> I was going to say, that shit just came out a couple years yeah, ago, right? Yeah, yeah, I started in 2008. I, I pitched. Uh, Do you know what that, that symbol is? No. That is the cover of the 1983 Frank Zappa record called Ship Arriving Too Late to Save a Drowning Witch. Okay. And uh, that from that record, we got the track Valley Girl. Moon Units. Uh, yeah. Valley Girls. Oh, my that. God. Yeah, Gag yeah. me with a spoon. Yeah, I mean. No. I'm not not an not an amazing record, but I love that fucking cover art so much. It's just the that's a great logo. The line and the two angles. It's yeah. Why why is there a ship in the fucking o- or a witch in the ocean and a, sh- a big ass ship coming to save her? And it's too anyway. Um. So yeah. So Valley Girl becomes so, like. So I start working on Valley Girl. Um. There and then um. Uh, I I start conceptualizing Maleficent then too. Okay. And and that obviously became a pretty big thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, I was and, thinking. I was remembering this morning. Like, uh, I've never prior and never since um, so eagerly sat through credits. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you. <laughs> and then it was just like, Ta-da! yeah, you know, like mo- movie itself be damned. Which <laughs> uh, we we <laughs> all we liked it. It was good, uh, but it could have sucked. And that that was the anyway. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate that, man. No, it was it was it was great, and uh, and uh, yeah, on that I because of the way Sean's deal worked for Disney, I kind of had an open door at least to Disney IP and properties, and I built out sort of a twenty thirty page concept deck of what I thought a Maleficent movie might be, and brought it to Disney, and they were intrigued enough to kind of say you know well okay kick because uh, you know like it was right after alice in wonderland it kind of started like hey we're gonna do some live action remakes and i was like don't do sleeping beauty maleficent's the way to go mm. um and but they were like you got to kind of prove it to us and uh 
I before was, we sign off on anything or give you a budget or any of that? Uh, uh, way before we even decide that this is something we're going to put in our, our that we're going to say we even want to do. Okay. So, so you know, the, how do you prove it? So, uh, the answer was Angelina Jolie. <laughs> It's for real, for real, for real, for okay. real. Um, <laughs> that that there's like, all right, yeah, that that. So, um, God, yeah, and the way it works is like, you know, when you you're you know you're kicking around these projects and like trying to get it the the um, you know basically signed up with a studio or a studio will have a piece of IP that you're trying to rework and and they sort of official you know what happens is eventually if they're going to do it they kind of make it official and they put producing deals in place and they put a development deal and they start hiring writers so that's even the first stage of it so even to get to that and saying hey sean bailey and your company and matt like we'll we'll even officially designate you guys doing maleficent you gotta kind of prove it that it's um and so I was having lunch with a buddy of mine and he was the junior manager on Angelina Jolie's team. He's a guy I had been like an assistant with and this is a coincidence. Yeah, I'm just so it's around this time and I'm a guy named Chris Davey, who I'm still friendly with, and uh I he was talking about Angie a little bit and I pitched him the notion. Um, and he really sparked to, he's like, that's really, really interesting. And he's like, you know, she's at a point where she wants to do something that her kids can see, but also that still feels like her. Um, let me, let me, uh, you know, let me run up the pole. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like the, let me go run it up the pole happens, you know, at the end of every meeting. And, you know, most of the time it's just like, eh, nothing, you know, um, (laughs) This was truly the lightning of a bottle. I drove back because I, I remember where I had lunch and our offices were across town and I drove back. So it's like a 30, 40 minute drive. And I get there and my boss, Sean Bailey, was like waiting outside my office. And he was just like, hey, what happened at your lunch? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, Guy Kaczynski, Angelina Jolie's manager, just called me. said, Angelina wants to be a Maleficent. Um, and so it happened over like a 40 minute drive home. And like, from that minute on, like, did you think he was putting you on? I, well, like he couldn't have, cause I it was know, like, right. how would he have no-? like, what? I was but like, you had but to have I was been like, surprised. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> Are you kidding me? And then from that moment, she like was on, like we wow. had her before any of us knew even what the movie was. Funny. You know? I, and I, then that was enough to get the wheels. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, all right. Fucking yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, um, man, it's, uh, we like, again, listening to uh, just a small handful of podcasts, like, um, beauty and fame. Um, I, I listened to some folks talk about like, uh, when we see like super, super famous people, uh, being weird, like consistently. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, they are that way because that's nobody treats them Nobody regularly yeah like like, that regularly. like you would treat me right it, that just doesn't so they that's how they're operates and and then beauty like how we treat attractive people versus on you know um so i remember going to see that and being like um you know this is really cool um cool story concept cool because it's your your deal um but you know 
it's also going to be nice to look at her. <laughs> and then, sure. then there she is. And it's almost like I have to have a couple reminders to don't get lost looking at her. Like, remember you're here to see the whole movie yeah. and go, Oh shit. Yeah. You know? And it's like, but yeah, she's captivating. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. So anyway, yeah. So anyway, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of how that started. And, you know, um, yeah. And then, like, uh, I remember something not too terribly long after that was out, and, and, and maybe Valley Girl is already out too, but uh, I remember some piece of correspondence, whether it was in a group chat or in person or, or, or what, but you were like, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, so... Because so your I email went, address changed. Yeah, I, I went... I, 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 from from there, you know, Sean had been greatly encouraging and and kept me, kept me with even when he went into Disney, kept me with Maleficent, let me run with Valley Girl, which is great. Um, I, I went to work for a director named Adam Shankman and made some step up movies. Yeah, I then, yeah. I then, and that's really what taught me production, which was great. And then I I went and I ran. Uh, production for a company called circle of confusion for a number of years oh that's familiar yeah. for sure and then and then that that was up until last summer yeah then, yeah last summer I, I i left and um i uh started uh my company electro corduroy okay yeah and that um yeah and that's been cool good. cool company name as does uh mr gedman have yeah and he so, went from a cool name to another cool yeah name, right yeah, he yeah. just switched yeah. recently yeah. um i but, was like what is and he's like it's just a you know i'm just it's a new fresh it's pretty much the same you know what i'm yeah. saying like i and this yeah no and i was like okay well i like the idea of calling it electric corridor is a music driven name it's uh arium's electrolyte and Pearl Jam's Corduroy kind of smashed together. Okay. So that's Electro I'm Corduroy. I'm super disappointed Eddie Grant wasn't in the mix Yeah, <laughs> Electro Avenue. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, so that's a year old, this yeah, thing. Yeah, so it's a year old. Okay. And uh, I was able to uh, do my first movie through the company this year. I okay. I earlier this year. Nice. It's so still... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Code 3. Nice. And um, yeah, we're... Uh, yeah, we're in it right now, and it's great, and gonna, you know, hopefully uh, launch it uh, into the world and into festivals cool. you know, later this year, beginning of next. Is that so, how everything that eventually goes to the big screen, it, it starts at that same point, or are there things that you know this is going to be a big screen? Yeah, thing? it depends where you, we we were on this one, we were, we were financed by an independent studio called Wayfarer, and, you know, they're, they really believed in the script, it's a really cool, but, uh, you know, not the easiest movie. It's a it's a dark comedy set in the world of paramedics. So oh, it wow. was it it's equally funny as it is gritty, and you know, kind of through the gallows humor, it sort of takes on a lot of the bureaucracy and uh, inadequacies of the American healthcare system. So. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a lot on its mind. That's a whole episode. Yeah, too. yeah, no, that's no, a two part episode. That's a whole, you know. I know we, we tried to make a movie about it, you know. So, um, you know, to their credit, they were just really they really got the mission of the movie. Okay, and so yeah, they they financed it, but and their model then is we take it to market as a finished product okay and uh, but market like we take it to festivals and and, and film markets right through and 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 figure out how to sell it from um to 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 get it out into the world they don't 
distribute. They don't have a platform themselves. So and somewhere along this path, uh, you met your wife. Yeah. And and, and a work related yeah. thing. Yeah. We were. Um, it goes all the way back to Revolution. Um, okay. Which was 2003. Okay. And so we had been. Our bosses were friends. Okay. And so we would talk on the phone. And by talk, it would be like I'd call her and ask for her. And she would be like, she was so busy. Her boss was just crazy busy all the time. And she'd be doing like 8 million things. Like, sure, sure, whatever, yeah. Um, we set up drinks because that's like what you do in your network. You try to meet all the other assistants to build your network. Um, and since our boss was friends, we, we said we should do drinks. Um, she canceled the drinks. And the guy who sat next to me at the time said, oh, don't uh, don't reschedule with her. She's quitting the business and moving home. You don't you don't need to take those drinks. And so I didn't. I didn't reschedule with her because because she was at a place where she had, I guess, told some people she was done and she didn't want to do it anymore and was going to move home. This is weird that that after uh, the person at the agency that was sitting next to you was yeah. like, I'll ask my boyfriend. Yeah, and this guy's yeah, like, yeah, this don't. guy, this guy totally discourages me. He's, he says, okay. you know, we okay. don't do it because um, clearly we were all in everybody's business, right? Yeah. <laughs> Being 23, 24, yeah. and just in everybody's shit. Um, so another six months passed, and I just, and then one night I met her out at a party, and on, on accident, on accident, okay. And but we were at a friend. You give her shit for canceling party. Yeah, well, we were just, we were sort of put, our friend put it together, and I was like, wait, wait, you're, you're Becky? Oh, you've only... We've never met. We've just talked. And you're not, like, social media, you can't social media stalk at that time, right? No, no, we don't know each other. Wow. But it, like, it, like, clicks in that, like, 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 oh, hey, you know, hey, (laughs) you know, like, hey, hey. Um, So then we set up drinks, and this time... We, she came. We did nice. keep them, and uh, very shortly after, we we started dating, and that was, oh my god, in like summer two thousand three. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, but sh- is there some kind of parallel to your paths? I mean, yeah, if- she was an assistant as well, and so she was doing. You know, she went and worked for the president of Universal for many years, and she really rose with her. Okay. And, you know, became a production executive and then went with her to MGM as a vice president. And then she's bounced around. I mean, she okay. was running the Lonely Island. Uh, but 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 her her bag, if you will, is, is a little bit different than your. Is she's that... more she's more focused in, in the comedy world. OK, that's okay. Where, that's where her expertise and focus is, you know, working with Andy Samberg in the Lonely Island. And then um she had a deal for a while focused on female driven comedy okay. uh, features and now she's in a deal at ABC. Okay, yeah. cool. So, um and she so we both have our own production companies now. Oh wow. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Your uh that must make your uh taxes a little bit cumbersome for whoever has to <laughs> put all that. Um but she some serious accolades like a year ago or two years ago. Yeah, um well, she produced a movie called Palm Springs. 
that's what it was. Which uh, was a huge, huge Sundance hit. Okay. And that's um, the big. That's the big one, right? That's uh, of, yeah. of all. That's like the festival of festivals. Yeah, and it was. It was at the time the biggest sale that Sundance had ever seen. It was uh, it biggest was a, sale. Yeah, when you sell your movie out of, out of like you go to the movie and then you turn it. You you know you you sell it and um, right. And uh, Hulu and Neon bought it. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was a huge deal. And, and, and I think even more gratifying, people really love that movie. Cool. It's a cool calling card movie. Nice. People, people love it. And I think it, 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 uh, it ended up cause the pandemic happened moments after it feels like literally like days after we got back from Sundance, like pandemic started. Weird. Um, and, and, um, there were, there, as such, there couldn't be a theatrical release. It went, it ended up going directly to Hulu. Um, mm. Was that fine, or was that disappointing, or? Um, you know, you'd have to ask her. Sort of. The, you you, the, you never have. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't I, speak for her if you shouldn't. Yeah, you know, but, but what I think ultimately the good of it is is that it was like a very welcomed uh, movie during COVID. It's sort of, I think, in just the kismet of how things sometimes work. You know, it's a movie about people stuck in a time stuck Funny. in the same day over yeah. and over who find love and try to figure out sort of like these, uh, giant existential, you know, cool. laundries. I got I, I, sh- yeah, I should have watched should, it already. You but... should check it out. Cause it's, it, they do it like, uh, it's very, very funny, but they, 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 they tackle some, I pretty grand ideas. Interesting. And I think in a world where everybody was kind of stuck in their house, Kind of feeling like they were living the same day yeah. over and oh my over. God, aimless. for real. Um, I think it really spoke to a lot of people. Okay. Um, and so yeah, so that you know, I think kind of leveled her up. Sure. In another way, and th- and, and people, yeah, people really responded, and you know, and it's helped her get her so launch her own company. Fascinating, cool. I think I think I've met her maybe once. Yeah, I, you've definitely met her. Years ago, yeah, yeah it's but, not been but, recent. No, years um, ago. obviously she's uh, a very beautiful lady. Um, yeah, but yes, having yes. only that one, I can't really put my finger on it. But it's like every time I see a picture or hear a story or whatever, there seems to just sort of be this like vibe about her, like you know, uh, just she's the r- coolest, real good people. She's the coolest. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, no, and that's her superpower. I mean, everybody just like thinks she's the best. Okay. Well, and good. So, that's awesome, man. Um, I'm, I'm a lucky dude. So, um, you know, if you are <sighs> oftentimes, you know, you hear about the notion or maybe you discuss it uh, in a number of venues of work-life balance. Um, and, I, you know... I think that that notion is for um, not everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, start with the employed, yeah. um, and then under that umbrella is like you know my fucking job, and it's just and so like it's it's a very uh, slippery uh, thing to contain under your life umbrella. Yeah, you know, work, you know, and if if you aren't careful, it can very easily sort of fill the whole space. Sure. And then that's just the energy that you walk around the earth with. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, on the other side of things, um, there are people who uh, love what they do and, and wake up 
you know, stoked yeah. to, to go to go to work every day or go whatever. Um, and, you know, I think you can also be in that camp, but also need to sort of like it. You aren't just your work. Like I you want, gotta be I, I, as proud as I am of my work. I 100 percent need like dad, husband, yeah, yeah, music and, fan. Yeah. And I need other outlets because at the end of the day, like I, I, I enjoy my work. I can be passionate about my work. It's still work. And yeah. it's hard, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> you I know, bet. It, and it can be problematic and frustrating. Um, it's cool having a spouse who does the same profession because it's like I have a like the best sounding, sounding board. board who I know 100 percent has my back. Nice. And we also have a rule that we don't work together ever. Um, the situation hasn't arose and where right, we've decided right. that it would make sense. We tried it once and we were like, nah, this, you know, it just, uh, like, let's be clear of that frustration and be in alliance to help each other, like 100% with our own situations. And that way we can kind of more divide and conquer. Sure. Um, but yeah, but you know, yeah, being a dad and you know having the time with my boys is super important. Yeah, you know, and yeah. Then. Now uh, I remember a portion of a probably a text exchange um, where, or maybe it was on the thread. I don't remember, but um, you were um, somebody at like maybe there was something happening out in your neck of the woods, and somebody's like, "Hey, are you gonna?" go or maybe it was like something happened he can you oh it was super bowl mm. and you were like in the middle of a, a project a big yeah. you know time consuming i think project sure. um have you guys uh found because i'm assuming like uh when you're busy it's kind of relentless yeah and then it tapers and then you're bit whatever sure. like peaks yeah. and valleys so have you guys uh being uh, in sort of similar lines of work found yourself uh in situations where she's going to be relatively unavailable for a chunk and then so are you and so like you got to bring somebody else in to help yeah and 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 you know pre-covid you know we had a full-time nanny oh, okay okay you know, who was who was with the kids you know every day after school and all of that. And then, you know, the pandemic hit. Did you discover that person through uh, an agency or a... It was like... Word of mouth or... Somebody who knew somebody. Cool. You know, right on. And they a, were yeah. around for a while yeah. and good people. We've had and... a couple. We, we had a few nannies. Okay. And we basically, um, up until COVID, since Jake was born in, you know, 2010. And then Becky, Becky, you know, was able... Becky did something really remarkable where... Um, when she was pregnant with Noah, she decided she wanted to stay home and uh, she took care of them for a few years. Okay. Just, you know, and she was all in on that. And then she could and just pick she, up where she left she, off. She, she was able to. Which nice. Was pretty remarkable. Wow. Um, you guys have uh, you sprinkled a lot of uh, good karma out there, I, I, I would imagine, to have it sort so. of come back I, here. I, I, hope, I hope people think, you know, it's like, you know, if you... You want to you want to work with good people. Yeah, so I try to put that out. Nice. There, you know, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, important to to not you're not just uh, yeah. Matt Smith comma title. Yeah, it's, you're a bunch of things, and yeah. you got to give them all. We try to figure it sunshine out. Sunshine and water. And, yeah, and you know, and try to be human, <laughs> whatever that means. Right. You know. You know? Uh, um. Well, uh, I'd like to move in the direction of your list, but yeah, uh, my my bladder's full. I don't know yeah. how you're doing. Pa let's pause it. Okay.
Um, so, uh, whether it be, um, was it Jackson, Michigan? Or, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was it Jackson, Michigan? Yeah. Boston, uh, w- memories of mom and dad playing music in the home when so, they were still together. Or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my, my. So more, more than anything, like I, I, MTV was such a huge influence on me growing up. Like from like the day I found it, I was just like, I want that. I want all of it. You know. Yeah. It just had such huge appeal and. My mom was sort of really just like always like, yeah, yeah. like she was like, yeah, MTV's great, you know, and like kind of whatever. My dad had like three things. My dad was into The Who, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Interesting. And and then U2. He was? Yeah. Okay. And then okay. that clearly had a, yeah. you know, U2 had a big influence sure. on me. Um, and, and, you know, and I think there's a ton of connectivity between Springsteen and uh, Bono. Okay. In terms of how the sort of charismatic front man of a guitar-driven rock and roll band who uses the platform to sort of preach their own values, but through this sort of uh, very idealistic liberal passionate yeah voice okay um and, and that was something that i think really spoke to me um you know when i was was young and as i was finding you know my tastes like and and clearly as i my you know um connectivity later on into pearl jam and eddie vetter is is very much a uh uh you know, a uh, piece of that. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, under the notion of uh, we hear what we hear because we're exposed to it because of our parents and, you know, that's sort of the the seedling and then it germinates and then eventually you, you sort of, you know, carve out your own path. Um, and uh, I think that typically starts with uh, uh, the love of a first album or the acquisition yeah. of a first album is any any anything love wise or acquisition wise for you thriller was my first album okay and uh on on vinyl on vinyl okay I got nice thriller on vinyl uh you purchased or gift or I was like I wanted it, okay. and I I was like it like it was like I like I was seven. I didn't I probably didn't have any money, but like we went to the store and nice. I was I was bought. Like, uh, my parents got me Thriller again, encouraging yeah. of your yeah interests. Like we and... got Thriller, and then I remember the second album I ever bought was uh, Synchronicity. Really? Yeah. I mean, chock full of oh, it's a banger. Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, you know. So. What about what about first show? Michael Jackson at Arrowhead. Really? Yeah. So victory tour. Okay. So I was like, you know, all in on Michael Jackson. Sure. As we, as like we all were. King of pop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fuck yeah, off yeah. if you're, if you're going to say I um, wasn't. No. And so uh, we were here in the summer as we frequently were. 
Um, and you had to enter the lottery, like a lottery Why? system, okay. just, just to even be able to purchase tickets. Right. And then you were randomly, you know, given, you know, whatever the lottery got you, okay. you know, because it was such a, it was such a like, you know, deal, like everybody and their dog wanted, it was sold out instantly. So my cabbage gra- patch kids redux. Yeah. My, my, my grandma entered the lottery and she got fourth, tenth, tenth, four tenth row floor tickets to see Michael Jackson. What? Is what like came back. Wow. So my first show was like tenth row at Arrowhead. Um, and what age would that have been? I think I was eight. Okay. Um, wow. That must have been bananas. It was bananas. Okay. A really funny story from that okay. show. Okay. Yeah. Um, we were like getting our seats and. There was somebody nearby, like a guy with his date. Do and I wouldn't have even noticed. Like this is how. Like, and I hear my. I see my mom, like complaining, like to my grandma about some guy nearby. Like, so it's you, mom, grandma, and four-year-old brother Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> just, just rocking Michael Jackson. You know, just killing it. Um, and uh, I, 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 she like calls the usher over, and I'm like. What's going on? I hear her talking to, to my grandma. Um, she's like, oh, he has marijuana. Oh, man. And, and, and I literally, like, eight-year-old flabbergasted. I was like, this guy's doing drugs at a concert? <laughs> like, what? Sir, this is not the venue for that particular. <laughs> who, who does drugs out in the open? I mean, aren't, yeah. So uh, uh, I'll, we'll never forget that. But, yeah, love did, that. Did, did you happen to recall or witness the usher's response? I believe he told the guy to stop, and he did for the moment. Okay. You know? Okay. It, it, right. it did not become a thing. It was wow. just I just remember my own shock and awe that someone would uh, have the gall. But yeah, no, that was great. And I, as as you know, like I I love going to see live music. Yeah, of course. To this day, yeah, go yeah. As as frequently as I can. Yeah, that's know? awesome. You uh, just saw Dead and Company. Dead Company. Yeah. Um, ago. I heard St. Louis was there were some logistical issues getting oh, yeah. in. Uh, didn't really see much about set list, but I heard Friday night at Wrigley was just supposedly amazing. Yeah, I um, heard that too. And I don't know where to. Are they? They're not done already. No, There's more. No, they're not. They're gonna do. Um, they've got four shows at Fenway Park coming up. Wow, which would be amazing. Will there be repeats? Four nights? I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so I don't either. Think you can, but you know, no, I don't. I don't think you can. No. And there's a there's a couple like I think there's a Philadelphia show. They're going to go to Boulder. I know they're doing a couple Red oh, Rock yeah. shows. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're going to do a couple Gorge shows. Damn. They got and a then lot they of finish in San Francisco. As a lot of great to. venues. Yeah. Right. And, oh yeah, and, of course. Uh, the Giants. Nice. Uh, baseball stadium. Very nice. If you're a Dead and Company fan, you can get a Turn Jeff Up shirt on the uh, Yeah, on, yeah, on get the... one of those. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do it. Um so typically uh, I like to uh, dive through people's lists in uh, chronological re- yeah. release order, unless I have a, f- a funny feeling, and then I I, sure. I rearrange it. Uh, with yours, I'd like to go in reverse, actually. Okay. Um, and I took the liberty of of throwing in uh your your secondary suggestion. So 1996, no code. Yeah. Pearl Jam. Um. 
Let's see, fourth of 11 for them, 13 tracks, 49 minutes. A uh, little bit of strife within the creation of this one in Very that much. Jeff Ament bassist was notified of recording three days into it. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, it, was, it was, I think, Matt, Matt, Mc, Matt McCready? Mike McCready. Mike McCready, sorry. Uh, maybe said after the fact uh, that we might have rushed yeah. making this one. And this is all coming after the Ticketmaster stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, I think like if, if Vitology is Pearl Jam in crisis, you know, like, like 10 is, you know, 10, it's, you know, the album that changes the world. Anthem, somehow. Yeah. yeah, the anthem. I and, mean, it, know, it's like, and, I, and, it's the, the Gen X yeah. anthem, right? I mean, I, I think a lot of other good stuff out there, but it's maybe that one reached the it, most of us. I, I, I think so. It, it's one of like the biggest selling albums ever. And it just, it was sort of like you would call it like I, we, and we were juniors you know, sophomore, junior, senior in high school as this is all exploding. I mean, it felt, it was everywhere. Everybody, like, you couldn't, like, escape it. It yeah. was everywhere. But it was... And that awesome. was a good thing. Yeah, it was I great. Mean, it was... And, then, and then Versus was like, okay, we're a real rock band. Now we got to make a rock record, which is great. And then, to me, Vitology is, like, we sort of hit full crisis. And it's there's so much who, anger. Who are, oh, and, oh. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's that expressing, like, real doubt and frustration and just sort of you know raging against the machine on that album and then to me this album's sort of like the quiet discontent after the 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 rage interesting you know and it's, it's there's some cool stuff happening on this record there's a lot and this is to me why i wanted to talk about the record was to me it's like the real transitional record to what they would become and from we are straight ahead you know, you know. First, they're a rock and roll band who are pulling from metal, hard rock, and blues to a band that's exploring folk and they're exploring spoken word on this. Like they're they're just like playing around and trying a bunch of different things. Um, so it's probably the most eclectic album. It's one of the more quiet albums, mm-hmm. but it goes. There's a real. Um, it's not consistently so it goes real up and down yeah. in terms of like you well know, i personally thought uh smile uh red mosquito uh, or track five smile red mosquito track eight and there was another one that's escaping me but those i re- those re- like spoke to me and not at all in similar veins yeah Look, kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Int- but I, I would say for me, uh, track ten, present tense, is my favorite track. Okay, on okay, the album. right on. Um, and you know, there's something about hearing that song. What I know, they've now how that song's evolved live has just like it's so just magical. Right, when they start playing that. And well, this is um an interesting artist uh an animal uh to me in that uh, there's this whole idea of when you discover somebody that you really like and they, their work really speaks to you and because of this one album and so you, you dive you go the rest of the way through the discography mm-hmm. and then and now you're 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 not an expert but you're no longer a novice you're no you're not a student you're you're, you're something of an expert on this band and then they put something out yeah new 
and you've you've it's the first time that you're completely plugged into what they are and have been 100%. uh and they fucking for their debut right i mean they hit us with 10 yeah and we're all consuming it live and so the whole catalog you've been as you're, you're the pj super fan in my mind you've been plugged in from day one if you will yeah so so i'll tell you i i saw i saw them live before i ever heard 10 and I heard okay. any of the tracks. They, um, so the beginning of our junior year, I go to see Red Hot Chili Peppers on Blood Sugar Sex Magic and Smashing Pumpkins is their opening act. Cool. And What a show. And I get there and Billy Corgan comes on. He's like, before we perform, we want to introduce this new band, Pearl Jam. And I didn't know what it was. What venue and who are you with? It was Memorial Hall. And I think I was there with Joey Joyce. Joey if you Joyce. remember Joey Joyce. Do you remember that kid? By name, yeah. but I can't draw anything else. Kid I hung out with for a bit when I moved here. Okay. Um well, that's wild, man. Everybody yeah. talks about Day on the Hill. Yeah, but well, I don't, we, we did that. Of course, yeah. but I but yeah, but no, I, this is this is this is a year plus before. Before. That. So you went so, to Day on the Hill having seen them yeah, live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and so did they did did so, it resonate it, with you that it, it, their performance? Uh, uh, like uh, like it, it was like it's like it it sounds sounds cliche, but it was like life changing. I see it. Were, were you like I don't need to stick around for the next no, couple of loved, acts? I loved what came next. <laughs> I but, got but, it. But uh, but I saw this and I I couldn't believe it. Like I couldn't believe it. And Eddie jumped in the crowd and he crowd surfed over us and like I was just like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> you know, is that Mookie like, Blaylock over there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and and they were just on fire. Wow. And and the next day after the show, I went to. Uh, music land at metcalf south and uh bought the uh 10 was already out it it just come out but it wasn't but it wasn't like i hadn't it wasn't getting the mtv or radio play yet it was like that new weird you know you must have had uh 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 totally different experience than the rest of us when like finally some of those tracks are on mtv yeah so so i I, i've been knowing this shit for a minute y'all yeah so so as you know like this this has become like the pearl jam you know community uh is probably my deepest musical touchstone i've seen between pj and 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 vetter solo like it i don't know 60 plus shows um over the years damn it's last time i saw you you had uh uh phone case was set list of yeah. the last show you had seen is yeah, that right one of the you know, we i so for uh the set list i t- used to have which my that case broke okay um was one uh for my 30th birthday uh becky took me on tour for a week really yeah okay and and we started at the gorge and then we went up and did like Western Canada for a week and then flew back to LA. And it was, it was amazing. Damn, Darl. That's it, awesome. It, it was amazing. And, uh, so she's, she's a big fan too. Yeah. Okay. She's a big fan too. Um, and, and the, the set list was the gorge set. Cause okay. they, they did, um, nice. they did 
uh, and this that was at the time when they were like really like just like like the Pearl Jam live show is really something else. But that at sort of the early two thousands, they were really flexing like what they could do live. Interesting. Um, and they were playing these powerhouse shows, so they they did. And they're not bringing last last night's set list on stage tonight never. and the next night, never. right? Right. In a very Grateful Dead, yeah, sort of way. That, yeah. That 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 part of the and there's a, there's a similarity in sort of the 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 communities that surround those bands and uh you know what's it gonna be tonight? What's the show gonna look like? Guess the first track, you know, you can find all that out in the parking lot. Do you, you hear know? the same fucking like, you know, 47 shows and I'm still chasing an even flow. Yeah. Really? Oh, oh, yeah. Or I hope I get a, yeah. I hope we get. Oh, yeah. I, I, I at one point. And sometimes I, I, I want to smile at those people and sometimes I want to slap them. I'm like, it's not just the set list. It's the whole <laughs> thing is awesome. And that's why we're here. But anyway, I had like a stat tracker that like tracked all the songs I had seen and like sort of let me know the ones I had never seen and it, you know it, it's big geek stuff oh yeah I'm, I mean I've yeah. got a profile on fish.net yeah, you know I'm and sure. all my 80 shows and yeah. you've seen them the most in this state and then this <laughs> is forever it was you enjoy myself and then uh, for years and years and then chalk dust sprung yeah I fucking hate Chalk. I, I mean, like, uh, there was a chalk dust, huh? there was a time in my life when I didn't have these feelings. Yeah. Um, but uh, nowadays, I, I don't see a ton of shows. Yeah. But I, goddamn well, no, I'm gonna, you know. So when I, I'm like, and it's it's a it's a very 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 fun, uh, full of potential jam vehicle. Yeah. So I, there's not really any reason to hate it, but yeah. I'd, uh, I'll tell you, I've come full circle on it, but I went through really big even flow fatigue where I was just like, okay. <laughs> you guys got your flannels on? Yeah, come on. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. But now, now I like, I, I kind of uh, shunned it for so long. I've welcomed it back. Okay. Cause yeah. it's fucking dope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there was a long time where I was just like, ugh, even flow. Maybe I'll go to the bathroom, you know, <laughs> you know, cause I was like looking for like those, you know, crazy you know what are the you know what are the ones that i'm not hearing yeah. so so that gorge show they did in one of their big flexes they did like a 12 song acoustic set cool to start as like the sun was coming down and then they played like a full like 30 song show after it it was like insane it was like 40 like it was like four hours wow of just you know intense full you leave the venue like let's well like we're not seeing that's that's not getting topped yeah after this we 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 got our money's worth on that one um and so yeah but but this album you know really spoke to and it lost a lot this was the turning point where they lost a lot of like the people who were like you know always waiting on the next 10 yeah and we're a lot more casual in their like fandom of like yeah i like but i think what it also did was make people like me, who like like really responded to it, it made us lean in further. Wow. You know? Well, I mean, so like I checked out after you know, it's no disrespect. I mean, like the, ten was, you know, one it's of an one, old-timer. and so you know, I definitely still have. I'm certain I still have my copy, my cassette copy of verses. Yeah. Um. I don't think I bought Vitology. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so by the by the time this one, I've I've already, I'm yeah. I'm I've checked out. I've drifted, not because I'm like, but just other things are captivating me, sure. right? Sure. Um, but you've stayed plugged in studio wise yeah. the whole way, the whole like way. all through giga, gigaton. Yeah. How is everything else? It, I mean, including that one. It's really good. But, but I mean, what, <laughs> that's, that's not going to be a You hesitated for a half second. I was like, oh, shit, oh, yeah, he's about to drop. And then you're like. <laughs> no, it's funny. Um, Gigaton came out early in COVID, like real early in COVID. Like we had probably been home like three or four weeks. And okay. we were still at the like, I don't know what the fuck is going on or like how long we're going to be here and what are we doing with ourselves in the world. Um, and I remember that it was like the like midnight release. Oh wow. And like my like uh like wife and kids were going to bed and I was like I stayed up and I headphoned and I just like and there was like a like a like a video like a just like a graphic accompaniment to the to the album release. So it was like on like YouTube like that night. Okay. Um and it was like oh my old friends like thank like it like it's so Everything's so unknown and stressful, and uh, thank, uh, the, thank uh, you, boys, for that, coming and, and 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 lifting me up right now. I absolutely love um, the uh, use of um, the uh, "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood" uh, scene where he sits down in the chair and he's got a beer and a smoke, and when he sees something, yeah. and <laughs> people are using that like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw one just the other day where uh, it it's just a still shot, uh, but they've t- they've put a Jawas head on on his body, mm-hmm. and what he's pointing at is a some kind of vehicle that looks exactly like their. You probably know the name Sand of it. Sandcaller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so, but so that was yeah. your real life, like ah, uh, oh, uh, yeah, oh, uh, uh, you know, made me feel better. Nice. Help me out. Um, and so, yeah, no, and it continues to be like a, a thing. So, you, you know, I, I saw Pearl Jam when they were in LA last on tour last year. Okay. I saw Vetter when he came through last year. I'm going to see Vetter when he, he, he does this really great thing called the Ohana festival, which is, um, he does it in Dana point every, every fall, which is a festival that he curates, okay. um, and, and performs that. So that's that's become a thing um and it's funny it's been one of the things um my brother and his friends that he grew up with are also huge pearl jam people so so what's cool is all these guys that i knew from him growing up you know they fly out to la every every fall every we've done it now like five or six times they fly out my brother my stepbrother nate usually comes and and Becky and I go and, you know, we make a whole weekend of it. Nice. And it's, you know, it's sort of a Pearl Jam and Friends celebration. <laughs> it's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Well, uh, so from 96, we jump back three years to 93. Um, second of 12 records, 13 tracks, 62 minutes. Had this one queued up for Mr. Lee. Oh yeah, uh, twice. Oh, yeah, oh, and did he bail? Both times. Bailed. Yeah, oh, but man. he just doesn't want to be on the internet. And yeah, what am I supposed? I, he doesn't. I, yeah, I can't combat that. With what am I gonna? Yeah, it's only a few people, you know. But yeah. uh, so so he he texted me some lyrics from this the other day. 
seriously uh, yeah and, and, just and, randomly and, yeah and i was texting him back and he he he, and he wrote he's like i love how much you love this and i know you know it all and i was like right back at you like i like i know ed is like yeah we, we have a have a have a mutual affection for you know, sure for this well album. um so i've never really um dug too too much deeper in them than this one um, Gish, of course, and uh, Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. Is yeah. that? I, I kind of know that one, yeah. um, but that's it. But I, uh, when I go back to this record, um, obviously a lot of it is familiar. But what strikes me every time I put it on, and maybe one day this will fade. Yeah. But Jimmy Chamberlain it's just insane. is a fucking monster, yeah. and it it really pulls a significant portion of my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's a great record. I mean, well, you know, famously Chamberlain's the only person aside from Corgan who plays on the record. So uh, really, so, so Corgan, it, it's one of these things that I think is like, like the, the dichotomy of the smashing pumpkins, which makes them such a frustrating, uh, band to be a fan of is it's come up in the thread before that he's done some uh, unsavory selfish he's a dick okay like (laughs) it's just like like and and yet he 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 wrote these 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 songs and, and 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 his lyrics are often so personal as to not really make clear literate sense and yet like i've I felt like on some of these, like for years, like, oh, like he, he like, he like knew what I was thinking and like spoke to me, you know, sure. or like, or yeah. like your interpretation. They're, they're, they're so intimate. Um, and yet I care so much about it. And yet at the same time, like you, you could only hold him as at a distance as a persona. Cause he's such a like, you know, wet blanket Ugh. always, okay. you know, in his real life. Um, and so, so yet, yeah, quite famously, he didn't think that James Eha or Darcy uh, Retsky were as were were as good at either of their instruments as he was. <laughs> so, a so bold claim. So, so he records all the guitars and bass on the album, and he brings them into pitch hit a little bit. But they're basically his record. They're his on all. He does the leads. He does the the. Um, like all the layers, he does the bass, and then the only thing he can't do is what Jimmy Chamberlain does. And Jimmy Chamberlain is clearly just a monster yeah. going at so, it. So I mean, how the fuck do they do you react to something like that? Yeah. I mean, they didn't do that for Gish, right? No. Okay. No. But they, it was the same for folks. Yeah. That, like what uh, what was wrong with the way we did it the yeah, first time? Yeah, right? right. That had to have of course. been a feeling. Of course. If not said. Oh yeah. And there's there's, you know, if you want to dig down the rabbit hole, I mean, there's countless interviews and, you know, them, you know, making digs at each other and complaining and, you know. Still? Yeah. Well, what's so funny is, you know, they've all been in and out of the band and the band has dissolved and come back together. Um, the band now is Corgan, Ehi, and Chamberlain, and they have a new bass player. Um, but three of the four okay. are still doing it. Interesting. What happened um, to Darcy? had enough <laughs> yeah i think she's got some issues too oh, she okay. was like oh strange like 
arrested doing something illegal with horses, like something weird. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, like, you know. <laughs> well, you know, 10 being the anthem that it was, you know, I'm, I'm being facetious here, but but really, like, none of us were escaping its reach. Yeah. Um, and then however you want to, you know, is 10 the raft behind the boat that's the grunge scene or is it the other way around, you know, or whatever that looks like. You did have to ex- exert a little bit of effort to dip your toes in the rest of those waters, mm-hmm. whether it's you saw singles or you're into yeah. music and so you buy Nevermind and, and you're, you know the whole, you know, Soundgarden, Mother Love Bone, Temple, you know, all that shit. I mean, so I did that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had singles, I had, I had some favorites yeah, uh, on there, sure. um, but I didn't necessarily take it to the level of uh buying studio albums too mm-hmm. not too many from from folks beyond nirvana and pearl jam and uh so how did this one land in your lap and and what what it makes it so out, special it for came you out at the top of college um and i want to say gedman was the first person i know who had it okay gedman was like i believe gedman was really into them at gish and I'd seen them live, so at that show. Yeah, like yeah, that, so yeah, yeah, that's I'd right. I'd seen that on the Gish tour, and I thought that was really cool. Um, but you turn this record on, and, and, and Cherub Rock, I think of in context with Welcome to the Jungle. For the Kick way you in they the start. fucking teeth. They're two, they're like, there are two songs that they could never be played loud enough. For my, you know, right. it, they they just go so hard yeah. with their drum into guitar, and it build. Yeah, yeah, and it just goes over and build and build and build, and it's just like, and suddenly, like the house is on fire. Well, and then you yeah. know, I don't know how long it took him to find yeah. exactly Billy his tone. Yeah, but the yeah the delivery and the crunch it was like. Whoa, I have not heard guitar work like that before. Well, and like that's like part of the conundrum of him. He's a virtuoso. Like he spent, you know, 10,000 hours in his bedroom, you know, listening to Pink Floyd and Cheap Trick and making his own version nice. of how the two intersected. Nice. You know? Wild. Um, like, yeah. And so what I love about this is it's also, it's, it's hard rock, but it's super melodic. Oh, oh oh yeah you know, yeah even yeah it's like real like heavy like you're saying the guitar tone yeah but there's such a sense of melody mm-hmm. on all of it that i think like really at least for me like like captured me and and in that there's this sense of excitement but even like when this came out there there's there's a sense of nostalgia like this album is like already like I'm sad. Uh, I used to be a little boy. I'm thinking of things that once happened. Yeah. Um, and, and, and some of the sort of off brand tracks are the ones that like, I would tell you mayonnaise is my favorite smashing pumpkin song. Lots of people love mayonnaise. This song's so good. I still, I just, I'm a sucker for today. Yeah. I just just love, love like it. That fucking, you know, like I get it. I was so when I, maybe the second time I was prepping to do Mr. Lee, like I, I went back and had a revisit and I was like, Mm -hmm. guys, this was, you know, back when we were, yeah. causing trouble and blah 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 and i pulled up the video yeah and quickly learned that 
there's enough making out happening in this video that I shouldn't be showing it to my kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's really funny. My uh, my my ten year old Noah has, I'm sure, because I still listen to this quite frequently, has discovered this recently. Nice. And and, and the other day was telling me that you know why why smashing pumpkins was far and away his favorite band of all time my boy was gravity no kidding i mean we had it i had it on in the car yeah in the week that he was coming and the way he was like what the fuck is this yeah like more more of that and then he called it out request wise a couple times yeah right all right man yeah here you go here's cherub rock for you he was like um He's like, I've been studying all the lyrics to bullet it with butterfly wings. <laughs> I was like, great. <laughs> great. Win for me. Mm-hmm. You think this is mm-hmm. cool. Um, so 10 more records after this. Have you stayed plugged in with them? or Only, I, I find, I, I like, again, I like constantly am disappointed with the Smashing mm. Pumpkins. Mm. Um, this is far and away the high water mark okay but it's like what like in that it is one of my favorite things to ever exist right on earth right uh, yes frustrating and, conundrum and all I, good and, to... I, and i love melancholy a, a du- double, double album yeah uh, and it has it has some filler but it has amazing amazing um you know like like high notes in it too like i feel some... like i got that and and was like you know gave it a spin and then was like it's going to be a lot of work to get invested it, in this yeah, record. And, and I, I, I don't think I ever came back, you it know, is, but if you're like willing to put in the work, sure. Yeah, of it, course, it's, of course, it's, it's very rewarding. And, and there's probably, it's like the, it's like the, uh, the use your illusion, like conundrum, like it, like it's probably one epic single album if they cut half of it. Right. But <laughs> pretty cool that we did a part well, one, part two, yeah, you know, exactly. and but different, like, uh, yeah, and, was it the same artwork, different colors or was it different artwork? For one Mel- and two, Melon- for use your illusion. Oh yeah, different artwork or yeah. just different colors of the same shot. Different colors. It's the red. red it's, ac- it's it's not Axel, it's, but it's like a guy who kind of looks like yes, it could be. and, and it's, it's the it's, same it's image. Red and orange, and then it's purple and black. Okay, right, and right. And melancholy's like theatrical boy yeah. writing something. I don't yeah. even remember. It's, pa- it's package is one, but it's 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 a day and a night disc. And each one sort of themed as like the daytime disc and the nighttime Interesting. disc. Interesting. Um, well, they're but they're not as they, they they've tapered off. And and what I will also say, frustratingly, for like a guy who you know decides no one is as good as him that he has to record all the guitar parts on his album, he can't replicate it live either. So I've hence seen, the need for the band. But even even live, the band can't replicate what they can do on the album. Mm. So, having seen the some version of the Smashing Pumpkins probably ten times over the so years, so their engineers and mixers and producers are de- deserving of a lot of credit, or no? Yeah, like well, like what he does is he's does his virtuoso thing, and then he puts it, he multiplies it by twenty on the album, which I, I he just like they can't replicate it. Mm. Um, and it's just like, it can be good, but it's not, it's not the same thing. Like right. They're one of the few bands that I think is a much better studio sure, band. Sure, sure. Those band. exist. That's yeah. a real thing. I mean, yeah. uh, one year earlier, 1992, uh, eight of 15, 48 minutes, 12 tracks, automatic for the people. 
REM, and this is the third REM record to have appeared on a list. Uh, oh yeah, what else? Somebody was... picked um, Fables of the Reconstruction, Ooh. and somebody picked Life's Rich Pageant, mm-hmm. um, and uh, preparing for those. Um, I was quickly reminded, um, that the reason I could never really get into REM is because they're just so dang sleepy in some of those earlier records, Mm -hmm. which isn't, doesn't mean they're not great, but just, you know, not everything is for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I just, I could never, so, you know, I kind of was just glancing back at their discography, you know, document in 87, we got the one I love, uh, and, uh, in green in 88 we get uh, stand and orange crush and things like th- those were pivots to me mm-hmm. like the the mm-hmm. sound and the energy for me were pivots sure. uh for them in their catalog of work and then uh, out of time in 91 uh uh, uh really exploded them yeah. and, and sort of set the stage for this which is like a really remarkable record um but you're you're so you're you're much much larger fan uh, sure. and kind of were you knew of them and their stuff all along leading up to this or what? Yeah, your... well, it's like one of those things, and, and it's funny. Like they were they were sort of like they were like the fringe of MTV growing up, uh-huh. and when I was l- like quite young, I was aware, but I wasn't into it. You know? Right, and, and and as you're saying, those albums which. In in sort of you know it, <laughs> the real REM heads like break it break out. There's three phases. <laughs> there's I phase, love it. Phase one through three of REM. Can can um, you give me? Yeah, phase one is like basically IRS uh, years that which was their label starting. Okay, out and, okay, and, and goes basically till they break through with Document. Okay, and Document through uh, New Adventures and Hi-Fi is like another phase, and that's their sort of their take over the world phase new adventures in hi-fi came out uh in i want to say 96 okay. or 97 and then up comes out in 98 and that's the post bill berry years where uh, they're now just like a threesome and, interesting and 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 that is all it's like the world's biggest fuck you. It's all very experimental. Like it's basically oh, really? like they, they signed this gigantic Warner Brothers deal and then they're like, and now we're going to do whatever we want. <laughs> and and did So it. there's pockets of, in this lane. There's there's phase three people and phase two people and phase one. Yeah, and and what yeah, are, yeah. where are you? What do they say I, about one I, another? I, I would... So, so phase one is sort of like the pure old school REM, which like, I think in retrospect is great, but like I was saying, I didn't quite gravitate. They have such messy production on those early albums. And I think that to some people that may be part of the charm of it, you know, of course, um, you know, early in those days, Stipe, you know, he, he, he wouldn't face the audience. He mumbled through his tracks. He buried his vocals. Wouldn't face the audience. A lot of times he wouldn't face the audience. He'd sing backwards. He'd sing, <laughs> oh, sing that is drums. weird. Yeah. Wow. You know, he'd, he'd do Singing these, to his bandmates. Yeah, yeah. Guys do, he gets to see all the time. Yeah, yeah. He'd do these, like, he'd mumble purposefully. Mm. Um, And so, t- so, and in retrospect, there's a lot of that I do really, really like. Um, and sort of the, the, 
interesting sort of art rock of it. Um, and, 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 and I, I think, I think Peter Buck is one of the great, like, uh, underrated guitarists. Sure. I think he has a, a, a style. It's like one of those, like you can, I could hear Peter Buck cause he pinches on a lot of other people's stuff and be like, Oh, that's Peter Buck. Nice. He, he has such a, his own sound, cool. but he doesn't get called out. I think nearly enough for it. Um, so, but in the phase two stuff, and, and I think out of time and then automatic are sort of the, the pinnacle. This is where Stipe's vocals are the best that well, he, he, he can do. Like he, like they, they record him in a way that he's opening up. He's really trying to open up and it's like the, the height of what his, he, he's capable of, you know, like, like if, if he was training his voice and then it eventually went the other way. Sure this is where it, it yeah it, it hits it so line. you know like trying to think about all this i was like now uh this pivot into phase two uh you know um there's there's a pivot in energy and and i would argue <clears throat> excuse me accessibility uh in terms like a, a farther reach um but you know i'm like is that because it's them or is it because uh, and they're and they're this is who they are and what they're doing now, or is something different happening production wise? Mm-hmm. And I, it sounds like you're saying probably both. Yeah, um, and, and, yeah, there there is, and 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 what I think is so great about REM is is you know they as they evolve, like they're trying new things, right. they're trying different types of records, and they're trying, you know, uh, if 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 document sort of becomes like a post new wave early alt rock like like statement like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. like like they are on the map they like then lean into full like almost like super full pop songs for green they go way pop and then they like kind of turn into this like they're still doing pop but they do like they bring the mandolin in they're, they're making all these very like almost folky songs um mix like pop pop folk yeah on yeah. out of time but like with things like losing my religion which is so provocative at the time that it puts them in this giant giant spotlight so they're basically after out of time it's like what are they gonna do now yeah and they make this like very like confessional like sad nostalgic mournful album but that has like all the like eyes of the world on it so it's like this really surprise. Like there's no other record like this. No, what I love about no. it. It's so surprising. It's like it's like if Pearl Jam or like like if you two like was like oh we're gonna follow the Joshua Tree with like a Leonard Cohen album. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm sorry, you said what? <laughs> yeah, and that's sort of like and like there's some stuff. There's like Man on the Moon, which is a little more in some ways traditional but that's a very weird single also and yeah. that's like as as straightforward as this album gets if i can jump in real quick is there uh a tie to that track or the content of that track with your uh career uh it was it was on new adventures of hi-fi was the it was the electrolyte song and the, that 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 song um that i named the company after um is about is about Hollywood and there's like lines about like 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 uh 
the the last line of the song is they're like singing about Hollywood. It's like it's like stand up on them and the cliff and don't be scared. You know, I'm I'm not scared. I'm out of here. And I basically when it came out in college, I was like, if I do go to L.A., it like motivated me to go to L.A. I was like, if I go to L.A., I will listen to this song as I leave Kansas. And I did. That's it. It was yeah. It was like a go to. It like drove me to L.A. So. But what is that? What is what is Man on the Moon about? Oh, this on Man on the Moon. Yeah, I, I mean, Man on the Moon was oh, <laughs> what's my connection to Man on the Moon? Yes. Oh, um, uh, if if yeah. that's okay, if yeah, it's not, no, of course. Um, I was an extra in the movie Man on the Moon. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, and 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 the, you can you can see me. Okay. Like you know, as I was trying in the odd jobs, trying to figure out what I'm going to do in L.A. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, did I'll, that uh, was that just a, a funny coincidence, or did it put push you in a different not, next? Not really. Dr- okay. It, it, but okay. it was but it was a, it was a interesting little touch point. And if you watch it, like if you watch Man on the Moon, like I'm like a. You could like there's full frame of me nice. yelling at the Andy Kaufman, you know. And and what is funny. this what is this what is the Andy Kaufman story of, for those that don't know? Of Man on the Moon? Um oh. or just him in general. Him in general. I mean he was a like sort of extreme comedian. Yeah. And and would do these very um kind of absurd and yet very, very thoughtful comedy but comedy that was um that would like test that would like test his audience interesting like that would test their patience oh wow like like, you know like hi i'm andy kaufman i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna read a book today and (laughs) two hours he would read the book and the whole place would leave except for the three guys who thought it was genius you know that he would he would just defy expectations okay um and he and he had a alter ego uh tony uh his last name who who you never knew if they were two separate people or if it was he was just in disguise okay you know wow and so so then the man on the moon piece is 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 about is a song that stipe wrote about kaufman interesting and and he was a like a wrestler for a while why why the why the interest on stipe's point i think because he was just such a unique okay art like he was an artist yeah, and yeah. he died very young. Yes, you know he got sick and he died very. But young. there wasn't con- controversy. Was just because he was testing audience. And... Yeah, it was more just like he was such a he was unlike anybody, right? You know, and he was, um, yeah. But dude, uh, Ali Sadiq, um, stand-up comic, uh, just dropped uh, his new special on YouTube, uh, and it's a sequel. It, it's. It, tied it's called the domino effect loss and it's his last special was called the domino effect and he just kind of picks up where he left off Mm. talking about his upbringing his life and teenage years uh just different stuff along the way uh but in 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 one uh, deep into this new special that it's an hour 30 because he's he clips in uh, some interviews from people that appear in the stories that he's telling uh, but at one point he, like, he doesn't weep, but he's gr- he's grieving something in particular, and he's he's up there fucking like legit crying, and it, the fuck his place is pin drop silent, you know. While while I'm watching, I'm like fuck, like this, yeah. how how weird did the room feel? Yeah. Probably yeah. A, a, a good question to ask for a lot of Andy Kaufman yeah. performances. That's but cool. um, back okay. to. Well, let, what I would say to you, like, okay, so we're seniors in high school. When okay. This comes out. Yeah. I remember, 
I, I was I wasn't feeling good that day, or maybe I just said I wasn't feeling good. I left school and I went and I bought this album. Okay, like early. I just pictured <laughs> Lee's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a lot of I had a lot of leaving places early because I quote wasn't feeling good. It had something else you to do. Get down here. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh man, and, and 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 so this album sort of like really reminds me of our senior year in okay. high school. And, and and it's like one of those, like the opening notes of Drive, like as you start the album, it like gives me such sense memory of like cold fall night, like driving in my car, going somewhere, coming back from somewhere, just like that feeling of like, as we were, you know, like being seniors in high school and like how great it was. It was. And, and all the, we were just like not, addressing the you're getting pushed out into the world after this yeah, buddy you but, better enjoy it right now yeah and I, I we we were but like but you know and just like all there there was so much um there was so much it's such like an alternative to like 10 and 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 teen spirit and all the things that were really at the forefront of pop culture that we were we were do, doing this was like i thought such a such a countermeasure yeah. To all of that, um, and, and and like like sweetness follows is like a song about like y- your parents dying. Jesus, you know, which is like there's not a lot of a, a lot of interesting songs. track titles yeah. on this record. Yeah, and and there's so much about death and sort of how it's like how, like passing gracefully and transitional things. Whoa. And I think you know, as as a seventeen year old. It really captured me. And so uh, over time, my favorite track became Night Swimming. Okay. Which, you know, is sort of a very simple piano, uh, Mike Mills playing piano with Stipe sort of belting out, like in sort of the cleanest Stipe vocals there are. Meaning less nasally? <laughs> yeah. No, he, but he, he like, it's it, it, like his voice is so unique. And okay. I think it, like he's sort of capturing like the best he can and sort of it's talking about like like it's really a nostalgia song and sort of like even at the time it's like making me you know like oh nostalgia for things that happened yesterday (laughs) 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 um but but it was but it's something that i've I've always loved and stayed with me and um when i met my wife we were talking about our favorite songs and she told me it was her favorite song too like of all time like when we were like first starting to date and we were like, wait, what? No. Like wow. that was a real like, sure. Oh, like we, we, we got something. You going. like eating eggs and bacon in the morning too? Yeah. Oh my God. My yeah, peeps. You like spaghetti? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and, and we ended up, uh, we, we, it was a song we walked down the aisle. Oh, with. awesome. We, we had a violinist playing. Oh, nice. Our wedding. Dang. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, uh, so one year back is ten. I didn't print yeah. the uh, track list or the album cover. It is behind you if yeah, you don't know. And we, and we can, you know, we kind of covered it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I was. I can go through. I mean, I, 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 I talked about my Pearl Jam. Yeah, affinity. I don't know what to. I don't know. Really highlight, except for that it remains fucking awesome. Perfect. Um, perfect. And that gets us out of the nineties and into nineteen eighty-seven uh, with. Uh, the Joshua Tree. Yeah. Um, fifth of 15, 11 tracks, 50 minutes, uh, third U2 record to have appeared. 
Um, um, Unforgettable Fire, I texted you about that. Yeah. Uh, but somebody else picked Octung Baby some number of episodes ago. Yeah, which uh, is also great. Yeah. Great. I was like, um, I think this is where I started not liking you too when I went to get ready for the Octung. I was like, oh, fuck, this is a really good album. It's a really good album. Um, but um, so, you know, we're in Atlanta, 82, 85, 80 three years ish somewhere in there it's the only place uh where i lived where we consistently had cable mm -hmm. so I, I got as much mtv as i was allowed to you know um and then come come back and it's like no more mtv um we're, we stayed with friends like while my mom tried to find a house and a job and so we're staying with this one family and uh i'm they went to high school together, the the mom of those kids and my mom. Um, and their two kids, the youngest is my age, and the oldest is like in this, you know, teen, tween, teen, uh, teen. She's a teen, probably 13. Anyway, so she's, she's super cool. She, she's super cool, but her bedroom door is always fucking closed. Yeah. You're, you don't get a peek. Yeah. You don't get don't go to in go there. in. I, the one or two times I went in there, um, I'm pretty sure she had like a till Tuesday or a tears for fears, but sure. something like all yeah. this, sh like I saw it for four seconds and then I didn't get to see it, but it was like, well, and, and she was way into you too. Mm. And, uh, unforgettable fire. I think, I think I'm, I'm seeing pride in the name of love on video somewhere. I don't know where mm -hmm. um and it's kind of like this i don't i've never heard this sound before yeah it's like soothing anyway back to fig figuring out what whatever the fuck and yeah. by the time i've got my bearings again joshua tree is out and i'm like what yeah. like and i didn't think this then but looking back it's like you know album rock like kind of sprouted in the 60s and really had its fucking heyday in the 70s and double yeah. albums are coming out everywhere and then the 80s was weird man the 70s are over and it's like there's all this technology and yeah. cocaine and who uh, people mtv I, made it a much more single driven culture uh, but but there to me they've sort of like weathered the storm sure, sure. and they're like we yeah. this album is a collection it's got a feel, it's got a vibe to it. And we're still going to stick with the, you know, traditional, uh, musicianship, uh, arrangement, if you will. Yeah. And have, and, and it was just so intriguing that I felt like I had to, you know, yeah, devour it. Yeah. Um, right. which I didn't necessarily do beyond, you know what I was hearing on the radio. I mean, I got a copy of it, sure, but I didn't, um, become super familiar with, all of the contents of the record for for some time to come. Sure, but you maybe going back to dad. Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's it, it sort of because I have I have sort of two intersections with this album. You know, yeah, I, I knew. Yeah, my dad was, as I said, into you two, and, and the, the he had a he had a under the blood red sky tape that he listened to a lot when he worked out. Cool. So that was like on a lot. Okay. You know, the the good Irish Catholic boy that he was really liked Sunday Bloody Sunday and, and great of, drums. Yeah, and the 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 message of of Bono, um, and so this 
the you have uh, Unforgettable Fire, and then probably even more importantly, you have a Live Aid, where oh. really they are the standout performance of the whole thing, where they sort of announce themselves to the world in a very tight 20 minute set of like we're for fucking real wow and so and they play bad and they play pride and they play sunday bloody sunday maybe one more maybe that's where i saw yeah yeah it it, it was like the announcement and and like back when that could still happen in that kind of fashion um and so then they come out with this and this is a much more like on surface like sort of polished poppy you know with or without use the lead single and it's it's melancholy. It's like you know you want to like you know slow dance with a girl. You know it comes out at like I'm 11. You know when this comes out, and so it's like you know you're feeling that. I I, I get the album, but where it really hits me is actually a couple years later when I move, and whoa. So whether it's sort of a bridge I'm trying to keep with my dad. Or something. This becomes sort of like the soundtrack to my first year in Kansas, and I want to talk about it in concert with the rattle and hum. Not only album, but more importantly, the 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 rattle and hum album, or the, there's the rattle and hum movie, which chronicles what happens right after Joshua Tree. They record Joshua Tree and then they tour Joshua Tree, and and so. Joshua Tree is U2's experience, first experience in America as Irishmen learning America. And it's their interpretation. So it's an interesting, it's, I'm learning about America through the eyes of these four Irish dudes who are 10, 15 years older than me. Mm -hmm. But they're introducing me to things in my own country that I'm not even quite aware of. I dig that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And kind of making me aware of places and history and feeling and just like and sort of this like pastoral kind of quality to the heartland of america um and so i watched that movie countless 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 times i've seen it like thousands of times i love it um and in sort of a crime to music the rattle and hum album does not have any of the Joshua Tree tracks or Sunday Bloody Sunday, which are all in the movie, but are not available on any tradi- like are not available to. I'm sorry. Can you say that again, please? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think I followed you, but I just want yeah, to make sure. So, so Rattle and Hum has a soundtrack. Yeah. Which is mostly it's, songs that were new and original for Rattle and Hum, but then they do some things like it's an know, hour plus, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. not a, a short album. No. Okay. Uh, they but they have uh, you know they do a live Pride. The one Joshua Tree track is they redo. Still haven't found what I'm looking for with the with the Harlem Choir, mm. which is really cool. Nice. It's a different strip down. But most of Joshua Tree and then the like mo- Sunday Bloody Sunday and Bad are not on it, nor are they available. Like you can't get them unless you like download like MP3s if one still does that. Why? Um, I don't know. It's never been made available, and that's the best stuff. The live interpretations of Joshua Tree, going like, like so. If I pulled up Rattle and Hum on my Apple Music you, right you now, I like, can't get with or without you. You can't get. Are they hung up in a legal box? I don't somewhere? know. I they just never put it out. Um. 
But if you watch the movie, you get them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But you have to. You could probably find through your Napster that I'm sure you're using. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a LimeWire guy. God damn it. Um, You could pull them up. Right. But but they are sort of this. This is where you know the true like like the the passionate like like I am a rock and roller, guitar driven singing furiously about something I either desperately love or I'm desperately mad at or desperately want to make it. This like, this spoke to me in such a way at 15 cool. that it just like consumed. I, 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 I joke with people that sometimes that my first true love was ponytail Bono. <laughs> <laughs> like it was the epitome of like everything I thought was, was, was cool. Now. So, um, I I know uh, you're, you're way way more versed uh, in all the intricacies that are you two than I am, and this isn't meant as a slight, so please don't take it as one. But he, you you called that uh, statement announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know we're here. Yeah. Um, so he kind of overnight sort of becomes the face of this band, and mm-hmm. um, they don't have like. Um, superstar status musicians in in the in the within the group right like like they I could argue the edge i i, I know and you're, I, you're you're where is this where you're the point you're making or not making yeah so like um you know it's not like they have uh, a neil peart or an eddie van halen or somebody that is like you know, well, Bill, Billy Corgan, virtuoso, virtuoso. So, so, so to me, they and uh, the, yeah, the, all three of those dudes might be as good as anybody else in any band anywhere. The point I'm trying to make is that they kind of just become background, and it's Bono, like not not for super fans. I'm gonna argue. Okay, that, okay, because well, I think there is no sound like the Edge's guitar. The Edge's guitar, he has such a, and it's it's done with a lot of, you know, pedals and tricks too, but he makes that sound. Dude, since like, I handed you the piece of paper, I've heard the the yeah. whistle. No, 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 the, the, that waning high-pitched whistle note from With or Without You. Yeah. It, sound, it sounds like a whistle. Yeah. But like. But I, I've had that running, so yeah. there is no, you're absolutely right. So like, have you seen the movie It Might Get Loud, which is, it's, um, it's. Edge, Jack White, and Jimmy Page talking. Just no. it's it's a conversation between the three of them showing off each other like different tricks. They I think have. I've seen some TikToks. Um, it's fantastic. Okay. but I would say that you know he is of that class. You know that he is sure he is to be a but, significant. But would you say Jimmy Page is a guitar superstar? Mm, I mean, you keep calling. You two guitar driven. I would say Led Zeppelin's more guitar driven. It maybe that's because it's mm-hmm. the studio stuff is higher in the mix, or it's more to the foreground. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not comparing the two. Yeah. Um. But <clears throat> in he has his moments, right? But I. But I. I've listened to every Led Zeppelin record five thousand times, yeah. and like I have hardly listened to. You know, half of the U2 discography. So not qualified, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the w- where I'm trying to go with this is that like mo- most folks, especially then, um, 
that's the face that's the name that, that, that yes, you sure, know sure. um and so he becomes the, the face mm-hmm. of this band and then uh you know over time i feel like I don't know that anything has ever happened, but I feel like people are always trying to like poke holes in who he is or what he says or yeah. what he, or how he dresses. And I don't, I've, I've never really, uh, you know, lifted the couch cushions to figure out what, what is, what's up? Why have people wanted to? Well, I, I think he, he, he had a very significant change. So he, he starts off, you know, as like you know, your first lion. love. Yeah, as my probably <laughs> So it's funny. I'm I'm, I'm watching, uh, probably a year or so ago. I'm I'm watching. I'm a good buddy of mine. This guy Scott Turple, who uh, is a big music guy, and we go to a lot of shows together in L.A. And um, I, I'm showing it. He's a couple years younger than us, so he had never seen it. And I'm showing it, and, and we have this joke between us that we call the Van Halen line. Um, and the Van Halen line is the difference in our ages where Van Halen was important to me. And he like thinks Van Halen's good, but just has no emotional connection. So, <laughs> so when we, 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 we sort of find that thing, it. we call it the Van Halen nice. line. Um, and we're watching and, he, and he's like, really? I'm sorry, what is it you're showing him? Rattling Rattle home? Okay, yeah. He's really taking with it. And he's like, well, like, dude, like, and this is so clearly where Eddie Vedder comes from. This, you know, angry, mm. passionate sweating throwing it all out there killing it on the floor did you concur i i well i i I was so familiar with it i didn't realize it took him pointing it out i see i see i see so then what happens is on acting baby he takes the hardest pivot into this character yes fly and becomes this like glamorous larger-than-life satirical figure that we all ate into like everybody i feel like our age and older was into but i think people who were younger than us especially five years later were like 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 i feel like the joke hit for us and then in five years later it like seemed just corny and i think it's younger people than us who are like that's fucking lame Mm. like people who were like eight years younger than us is where i find people think like "Eh, you two suck (laughs) <laughs> okay that's yeah. a, a i don't think you should bring that word into any co- no, conversation no, but, about but you two it's it's uh a, a, a younger colleague of mine a, a woman who had worked with me for many years interesting like, i basically made her listen to a bunch of things <laughs> i'm your boss you must listen to these nice. two albums nice. and she was just like report on my desk now. oh for real she didn't like them What'd you give her? I gave her the Joshua Tree and Octung Baby. She liked Octung Baby more than Joshua Tree, but she was like Joshua. She was like lame, earnest. It's like really. Wait, earnest is a, a, not a compliment. Yeah, earnest is like it like wasn't like hip enough or. Okay. Or, did you fire? Did you fire? Her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you failed the test. Yeah. Oh, we're done. Um, um, but but yeah, but but it is in its like er, it does have an earnest quality, but it is in its epic quality. Yeah, man. Um, so. Having watched that countless times, the Joshua Tree Tower, I got to see the 30th anniversary Joshua Tree mm, Tour mm. Um, at the Rose Bowl wow. a few years ago. Wow. And they come out 
and there's this giant giant screen and then it's all red like in the movie and then you see the tree and they all just walk out on stage together and they just stand in a line and then and Ed just holding the guitar and you hear that din 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 and and dude I just like wept Fuck I yeah. was just like like uh like couldn't believe it wow. I was like finally I've been waiting to see this since I was like a teenager oh god that's awesome mm-hmm. I love I love the uh the t- the soundtrack to your first year in Kansas and, and whatever, whatever it was, it was about doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah. But I, but I like that a lot. But it it's, like really like, like helped me as yeah. I was like trying, cause that, that was a, there were, in many ways that was a tough year. I was like, you uh, for know, sure, like, man. Figuring out, yeah. you know, yeah. you guys were all so embedded in a culture here and I was new and who was everybody and how do I, and, and just being 15 yeah. is a hard age yeah. anyway. Well, uh, so when we first chatted, uh, at some point, uh, you shot me over your top 100. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> which I just was curious if you happen to have anybody that deserve. I'm sure they all deserve shouts out in your mind oh, since it's your list. But um, any that stand out? Um, um, I love Injustice for All. Okay. The Metallica yeah. record. Yeah. That, was, that was one of those that just like I never heard anything like it when I first heard it. There have been, I think, three Metallica records. I think we've done, we definitely did the Black Album, uh, Injustice for All. And one. And I'm like, fuck, man, these guys are insanely good. Like, insane. Like, you know, and never, never before have I sat down and intentionally listened to Metallica. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. Fuck, no, no you, wonder. You weren't into it, like. Uh, no, oh, no, no. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. They're they're. But you were a hard rock. You were such a Zeppelin guy. Yeah. Was it just a different like gear. I, I just uh, you know um, that was also when I was uh, as serious as I've ever been about trying to learn the guitar. Yeah. And I just didn't appreciate speed and power chords, and certainly didn't appreciate screaming. Yeah. There, I've got a couple memories of being in your basement where Metallica's yeah. on, and everybody's into it except for me. And yeah. I'm like, Maybe I'm, maybe it's me, yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good it, stuff. It, and that album's so symphonic too. Like yeah. It's just, uh, well, I've discovered uh, on at least two of their records that they are, uh, they have very interesting uh, opening minutes of their mm-hmm. track or, or yeah. two minutes. Yeah. And I'm like pulled in, and it's not metal. It's very poetic and and symphonic, like you said. And then all of a sudden, you get into the, the crux of it, you know, or there. Um. I want to shout out the Misfits Walk Among Us. Okay. Which is a deep one. Um, that's just some great hardcore shit. Yeah. I don't know if you ever listened to the Misfits. Uh, two episodes ago, somebody had a Misfits record. Really? Um, and some P- uh, Pace or Peace. What the heck was the name of that record? Uh, but that's uh, D- Danzig's yeah, old band? Yeah, Danzig's band. Um. Let's see here. Static Age. Static Age. Yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah, I was like, wow, yeah, man. Yeah, Static Age is awesome. So I, I, I'm, I'm down with all the misfits. Okay. Deep. Um, but this is like, if I can boil this down, this is like a dude singing like Elvis, but speeding it up 
as fast as he can do. And instead of singing about love, he's singing about like skeletons and werewolves and crazy <laughs> bullshit. Okay. Wow. <laughs> but, but listen to him. He like croons like Elvis. Interesting. So, okay. I, I think he's like a really underrated talent. Glenn Danzig. Yeah. I mean, he's got a fucking, he's got pipes for, for days. Yeah. But, but I think about how important it, and, and like, there's a lot of interesting miss uh, Danzig stuff too, but the misfits like were so unique and cool. I think have such a, thing in in early punk yeah that they don't always get like you know like i think the ramones get way more credit of course right you know um there's petty there's springsteen stuff um dude we could do a whole up if you ever come back and you have time we should do a tom petty episode i'd love to do that and just try do our best to cover the whole Kit and Caboodle, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's a lot. That's He's a, that's, so fucking... That's a, that's you got a, to see him near... Or you saw him more than once, yeah. but also near the end, right? Yeah, I saw him at uh, the second to last show. Fuck. Yeah. Wild. Which was crazy. He's so fucking yeah. good, man. I, I, yeah, I've seen him... I got to see him a few times, and he was always amazing. I got... I had a really cool experience once where I had tickets, and they were filming the show, and there was... um cameras right in front of our seats so they move me down to the very front they're like hey sorry your seats are blocked we're gonna move you to the front damn it yeah it was like great um the one thing i want to shout out it's the thing that i tell everybody about which is surely the most recent album on this list is uh the gang of youths go farther in lightness is just who is that they are an australian band okay uh their lead singer uh, is a guy named uh, Dave Le Pepe. Interesting. Um, he is um, uh, has Aboriginal uh, ancestry. Yeah. You okay. know, so he's like a big, bearded, long hair like guy, who then like dances like Mick Jagger. Um, and so he sort of takes to me like a bit of Springsteen, a bit of Petty, a bit of U two, and then like often puts it like almost like uh like with strings like the national oh you know uh-huh. and so it's 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 sort of traditional rock and roll with a little bit of pop and then like with like really interesting mixes and orchestrations cool but if you listen i i would suggest okay. listening to this album All right on you will see the 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 line the there's a there's a Springsteen to Bono to Vetter line that this guy continues in that tradition cool. of very cool where where and I've uh, I caught on to them pretty early and it was actually one of the things um my dad and I actually bonded over okay I I, I, I shared it with my dad and 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 he got real into it and we've actually seen them live together three times oh, at like wow. pretty small venues Fun. and it's like and they it like and it's they're still they're actually really big in Australia like in Australia they'll sell out 10,000 people arenas and you come to LA and they're playing like at a 3 per, 300 person club you know and it's just like there's they just haven't had the same crossover right. but the people who know know mm-hmm. and go fucking off awesome. and so it's a great great it's like one of the better things that I've known. Cool. So if I was to leave with a with a newer wreck, that's you, what I'd want to talk about. Do uh, you have any bucket list items? In terms of what? Things I'd like to see? Th- those, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the things like I, I, I joke, like I was so glad to see that that 
you two Joshua tree because a huge bucket list item. Yeah, that was a huge bucket list. Who, item. who knew that that would ever even be yeah, a possibility? That, that you could do that. You know, I never got to see Prince. I never got to see Zeppelin. I never got to see Nirvana. Right. Those are like the three that come to mind that I would like really like to see. I've somehow not seen The Cure, okay. which I really would like to see. Sure. And they they quickly sold out Hollywood Bowl, and then it just didn't work out. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Um, I don't know. Are there people that you are dying to see that you haven't? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I sure would have liked to have seen Petty. Yeah. Um, but outside of music, bucket list, places you want to go, things you want to accomplish. Oh, sure. You know, yeah? Yeah, I'd like to... Uh, you know, I'd like I'd like to see more of the world. Sure, I, I've been to Europe a couple of times. I made a movie over in Europe, which was great and allowed me some travel over there Did in a way that was really stay the whole time, or I, were you I, coming well, back? There was a mo- there was a movie in London, but then I and then I also spent uh, a lot of time in, in making a movie in Serbia, and I couldn't go back and forth frequently, so I would often travel on weekends, and I got to see really cool places like. Uh, Croatia and nice. Montenegro and um, Rome and but uh I, yeah I'd like to travel more I want to you know make sure you know I want to raise my kids well yeah you know make sure they're a okay uh I just uh two bears one cave Tom Segura Burt Kreischer podcast uh-huh. um he just put out the machine yeah um yeah. I know what it is I haven't seen it uh, me either but uh so he's been he's been gone because they they had the 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 debut and the whatever like so he's been away so it's been tom and somebody else and he just last week i think was back and so the the whole episode is about the debut and he i haven't i've only gotten a few minutes into the episode but he uh, there's a part in there uh where he's sort of recapping the whole experience and talking about how insanely awesome serbia is for making movies and how it's it's a it's about to explode yeah in in that industry yeah. uh, supposedly but we were there in 2017 and okay. we were there a bit early and they, they it was it was great and we were able to make our our film really affordably and they had a great infrastructure and cool uh, yeah it was uh i, I had nothing and it's, it's pretty right like eh, the part oh okay it, it's pretty it's a really interesting culture because it's um we were in belgrade which was very metropolitan, but you would be, you know, walking down the street, like, you know, and like, oh, there's office or shopping, and then there's a building that was bombed in the 90s that they've never gotten around oh, to Oh, Jesus. Like, like, there's, like, and that's just, like, all over the city. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. From from back in the wars uh, in the 90s. Um, but but I, I was welcomed by the people and the crew there and cool. nothing but good good experience would would happily right on back. um complete this for me please the world would be immediately a better place to in which to live if only donald trump went to jail <laughs> <laughs> can i say that <laughs> yeah you, you absolutely can and should uh you you're given uh, the ability to time travel to visit you at any age uh, in your past. Uh, what age are you choosing? Do you speak to yourself? And if so, what do you say? Uh, 
Uh, yeah. I, I probably go back to when I first moved here. I wondered. Interesting. And, and, and say, you know, it's all going to work out. Keep doing it. Excellent. Yeah. Um, have you ever given any thought to how either professionally or as a parent or whatever, uh, once our time is come and gone, how you'll be remembered? Yeah, and, and, and for a long time, what I thought was really important was um, that sort of success would be measured by my movie credits. That like that like I that's why it was important to to make them and get them because when I was dead and gone, it was a way that my like name would be part of something yeah. to show that I was here and, uh -huh. and, and did a thing. Which you know that's all well and good, and I hope that. You know, it's sure. good, and, and, but I but I think I, I think it's more now as I'm older through my kids. Awesome. You know, the the feeling of you know, you are them and they are you. you yeah. Know, and kind of pass that 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 down. Yeah. And 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 they'll get experiences that you know. Wild you stuff know. being a parent, man. Wild stuff, you um, know. It's man, uh, so we've we've gone uh, probably longer than you would have liked, and I apologize oh, for good, that. Man. Yeah, we went a minute, but it was great. It was um, great. Thank you so much for thank uh, you. having me on. Uh, I appreciate, I mean, it's one thing to get a little slice of time from somebody who, you know, lives here, mm -hmm. but especially if you're only here for a minute, and I'm like, uh, hey, can I still steal from your... Well, dude, we've uh, we've uh, been at it for many a year, yeah. so it's Ooh, great to... When we first talked, uh, and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, there, was, when I was given this, and we were swapping messages, you were—I felt like you were on the verge of starting one of these with with your lady. Yeah, we're it, it, it's back still, burner. Uh, it's no, it's still. Um, let's say in the development phase. Okay. Uh, there, there, there's a concept that we have um, called the soundtrack of your life, which basically, uh, it's more of a song-driven pod. But it's it's basically what it wants to do is explore our emotional connection to music and why specific songs speak to you in terms of feelings and experiences. Okay, and so I love it. I love you it. Know, so getting into it about you know how um, you know kind of uh, kind of finding you know the feeling first and then talking about songs that might reflect it sure you know well, I, I if it ever yeah. becomes a real yeah. I'm, i'll yeah, be yeah, salivating I, I will and i will want you uh I'll, I'll well you back. Uh, that's that's you a know? whole other yeah. but yeah. but i just to yeah. listen or watch i'm yeah. sure it would well, be. thank you thank thanks you, man so. i appreciate it yeah thank you talk to you bye